All right. Well, where do we begin? It's been only a week since our last episode, and Lincoln Riley is no longer the head coach at Oklahoma. What? The last time an OU head coach left the program for a different college job, Harry Truman was sitting in the White House. Jim Tatum turned down OU's six-year offer following the 1946 season. Then Tatum bolted for Maryland. Tatum was one and done at OU. He led the Sooners to an 8-3 and three record and a Gator Bowl win over NC State. He went on to coach Maryland for nine seasons, winning a national title in 1953. And eventually, Tatum was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. But here's the thing. The guy OU chose to replace Jim Tatum was also a future Hall of Famer, Bud Wilkinson. He only went on to win three national titles at OU, not to mention he was the man behind the longest winning streak in college football history, 47 straight from 1953 to 1957. Now, I don't know if Lincoln Riley is a future Hall of Fame coach. He's certainly on track to be, 55-10 and 10 in his first five seasons as a head coach, and make no mistake, Riley's likely to win a healthy amount of football games at Southern Cal. He's too good of a coach not to. I also don't know if OU's next head coach is a future Hall of Famer, but I do know at least Oklahoma's interim head coach is. Bob Stoops will be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame next week. Sure, I've heard all the same rumors and reports that all of you have. When I woke up this morning, Wednesday, December the 1st, I had a feeling we would know who Oklahoma's next head coach was going to be. Well, as I record this around 8 o'clock on Wednesday, we still don't know. Bob Stoops was introduced as the Sooners head coach 23 years ago today. Will the next guy to lead Oklahoma's program be announced before midnight? Will the next guy be announced as we're recording this podcast? At this point, I'm going to guess no, but hey, let's find out. I'm Lee Benson. This is West of Everest. All right, here we go. What a crazy time we are living in. Lincoln Riley makes us think he's not leaving Oklahoma. Then about 16 or so hours later, he does indeed leave Oklahoma for another college job, and that job is USC. Then on Monday night, Brian Kelly bolts Notre Dame for LSU, leaving Oklahoma and Notre Dame, two of the most tradition-rich football programs in the history of the sport, open. But now, Notre Dame, just minutes before we started recording this podcast, has reportedly named its next head coach, defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. So now it's just Oklahoma open. Boy, a lot going on. Here's how I want to attack this episode. I think the most interesting and most pressing storyline at the moment is obviously who's going to be Oklahoma's next head football coach. And an announcement feels imminent, although we're recording this around 8, 8.30 Wednesday night. It hasn't happened yet today. It probably won't happen tonight. So I guess we'll wake up on Thursday and, and see what happens. So we'll see. You know, who knows? Maybe some insider will get it and, and tweet it out or report it. We'll find out. Uh, but we're going to talk about that. Uh, and then from there, we'll eventually get to the part of the shocking departure of Lincoln Riley. And we'll give our thoughts on all of that stuff. So we'll save that for after talking about the, the OU coach search. And if you're here wondering, hey, you know, Bedlam was a few days ago. Is Grant Lee going to talk about Bedlam, break it all down? I have to apologize to you because that is not going to happen. I was there. I was inside Boone Pickens Stadium in Stillwater. I saw the game through a camera lens. 
I have not gone back. I have not watched any of the TV copy. And honestly, at this point, I do not really care to do so. Just full and transparent. Not interested in that right now. Maybe that'll change for some reason at some point down the line. But honestly, I doubt it. There's a lot other there's a lot of other other things going on. That seems like that game was a hundred years ago and meaningless at this point. Anyways, with all of that, let's welcome in a man who was highly skeptical of Lincoln Riley dating back to when Riley was first asked about the LSU rumors days after Oklahoma was whipped by Baylor in Waco. That man, of course, is Grant Benson. Grant, what the heck is going on? Feel foolish. I had that guy pegged. I knew something was off. I knew something was off. I'm not going to sit here and say that I saw this coming from a mile away. I didn't. I didn't. The The news surprised me just like everyone else because uh, one, Bruce Feldman had kind of calmed me down about a week before that. And uh, honestly, Lincoln Riley calmed me down on Saturday night in that post game. He did when he said he wasn't going to be the next coach at LSU. And um, man, there's just something off about that guy. Something off about that guy. <laughs> And um, hey, if if you've uh, if you've kind of followed us throughout this entire West of Everest journey, this was season number five. You know that it's been it's been pretty consistent. It's been a it's it's been a consistent theme of this podcast that Lincoln Riley is dishonest, and that he he lies about a lot of really small things. And um, kind of when it comes up, when and you know it comes up, and this is kind of conjecture at this point. We're kind of piecing stuff together at this point. He's been lying to to OU and OU's fan base and his team for for a while now about about this whole stuff. And um, when you lie about small stuff that casually and that consistently, it's not that much of a stretch to suggest that maybe he would lie about some really big stuff too. And there you go. That's what happened. So uh, this is where I like to to play a bit of devil's advocate because I think the argument you're making is what uh, lying by omission. I think that's the actual technical term of it because nah, Hey, I, actually let me, let, let me, here's, here's the big thing that really bugged me. So this was, okay. Okay. Um, I, I think what, this was after the Baylor game, right? When someone asked him and he made the comment and I, Hey, I even, I even satirized it on this podcast when he said it, he said, come on, you guys know how I feel about this place. You know we you know you know we've been through this the entire time. Lincoln Riley absolutely knew that he would not be coaching at Oklahoma in 2022 when he made those comments. That's dishonest. That's BS. And that's he can you know hey I'm I'm not, I'm not going to fault literally anybody who prefers to live in Los Angeles over over anything really. That's fine if that's what you want to do go do it. But. When you come to Oklahoma and you can, you kind of start you ta- you start talking like us, you say stuff that we want to hear, saying that you're one of us and we're all family and you appreciate this place and you love it. Don't do that. Don't do that. And I think that's what that that's that's what 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 has everyone all pretty much upset over this stuff. What he can he wants to go be the coach at USC. That's fine. That's totally fine. I don't whatever. Some people are just different and they have different. Um, they have different preferences and they want to do different things. But don't start talking about your reverence for this place that you knew that you were going to leave. That pisses me off because this place, Oklahoma football, means a lot to a lot of people. And it's okay that it didn't mean enough to, uh, to him to continue coaching here. That's fine. But don't pretend. 
Don't pretend. And that pisses me off. That pissed me off. And that's, that's fine. You have every right, and a lot of fans have every right to be mad. And I'm not happy either. Uh, but, but I will, as much as I, it pains me to do so, it, the part that you just referenced when he was asked about it after Baylor, he's like, what do you say? I mean, do you say, no, actually, I'm, going, I'm leaving? <laughs> like, he, he kind of, he, he did what he had to do. He, like, I get it. I, I understand why he did it. That's not, I'm not that mad about that, that part of it. Um, I, honestly, I, the biggest thing to me, I think, is the fact that he went from college job to college job. I just, I didn't peg him for that. I, I had said it, I hadn't talked about it in a while, but I figured he was a guy, like most people assumed, Oklahoma, and then if you're going to leave Oklahoma, you go to the NFL. And I figured he's such a young guy, he's going to do everything he can at Oklahoma, hopefully bring a national title, that's his goal. And then once he gets to the point where he, he believes in his, own, in his own heart that he's done every single thing he possibly could do at Oklahoma, at that point, he's going to want to jump to the NFL. Because Oklahoma is Oklahoma. It's, it's a place you go as a, as a head coach, and you stay there, especially if you're winning a lot. You don't go anywhere else because if you want anything, in theory, you're going to get whatever you want from administration, and, and who knows what, what all happened behind the scenes there. It's unclear. I don't know. I mean, maybe the administration shares some fault in this as well with maybe a miscommunication. Maybe they didn't get I don't know. It's all speculation at this point. Maybe at some point we will, we will learn more. Uh, so I'm almost just more surprised that he went college to college and I get where he came from with a lot of the, the verbal stuff he did. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. And it bothers a lot of people and that's fine. I get it. I I understand where you're coming from. It's just in my mind, it's like, okay, I I get why he did it. He was trying to, uh, it's just, just kind of like, I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around it. it. It's more of just going from college to college. That kind of, kind of annoys me. And then I mean, it's, I know it's, it's I, I know exactly why he did it too. Like this is this is a breakup. He didn't want to be at Oklahoma anymore. You know what? It's 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 the exact same psychological phenomenon as if you're dating a girl in high school and you get bored. That's what happened. And he wanted to go somewhere else. And it unfortunately happened in a season where he was talking up the team like they were a national championship contender. And you know that's, what? And, that's and you know what? Hurts, on paper, yeah. they should have been based on what happened last year. Going into this year on paper, they should have been. And you know what? He had a, he had his foot out the door half the time. I don't I don't appreciate that. That like that says something about his character. It really does. The fact even even if he did want to leave, the fact that he was not able to focus up and put all of his energy into this season, and we like it's it's obvious now. As soon as it broke on Sunday that he was leaving, the entire season made sense instantly. And yeah, like that's it's, and it's fine. Hey, it happened and it's done. It's fine. But I'm I'm here to say it, everyone. It's 100% okay to be upset about this. Definitely. Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just have different kind of different levels of kind of how we're feeling. I figured we'd do the whole Lincoln Riley talk later on, but like it just organically happened. Let's let's save some of this for a little bit later because I got a couple questions to ask you about it, and then I actually want to go over the pros and the cons of Lincoln Riley doing what he did because I, I there's both I think there's definitely both and and I want to lay it all out there and see what you think maybe you have, I don't know if you have a list either but maybe you can fill in the blanks or you can push back on some of mine so we'll get to that later on in the show um all right so before we get to the coaching search though and who's gonna be the next guy I, we got to talk about this you got to get it out there because it's important Bob Stoops Bob Stoops is the interim guy he's the interim head coach he had a news conference on Monday he fired a lot of people up 
Uh, he had some funny lines. People had made the the point that he won the press conference, and I was there, and yeah, he, he was great. Um, he had a lot of strong, motivational words for the Oklahoma fan base. And Bob Stoops was there to effectively remind everybody, basically, hey, guys, this is Oklahoma. It's going to be fine. We're all right. We're good. I love this program. I'm here. Joe's here. We're good. It's, it's, it's going to be fine. And he's right about that. I believe he's 100% correct about that. What's neat is that you got Bob Stoops now going out recruiting. He's out there with Kale Gundy. He's out there with DeMarco Murray. And I also think Chip Viney, who, who's still with, with Oklahoma. I kind of thought Chip Viney for some reason. I thought he'd be one of the guys to go with Lincoln Riley, but apparently he's still at OU. And so you got Bob Stoops in the process of trying to keep that 2022 class intact as best as possible. And, man, Oklahoma is just so lucky to have Bob Stoops still close to the program, still working for the school, and being ambassador to Oklahoma football. So, Grant, your take on Stoops being the interim head coach and taking on this role right now as Oklahoma goes through this really weird time. I mean, like, I obviously love Bob Stoops um, in a – you know, in, in, a, in a weird situation, it's nice to see his face. It's nice to see that stability. I, I'm, I'm, I guess that's where I'm, I'm not super emotional about that aspect of it, though. Because in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, who else would it be? Of course he's the interim head coach. Like, he's, he, he's still been really close to the program. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I love the guy. I love the guy. I, like, it's going to be – that's – his presence there for sure is going to make – I'm much more excited about that bowl game than I would be otherwise. That bowl, I'm, I'm really pumped about the bowl game now. Um, but I mean, that's, that's about as far as it goes for me. Um, other than that, you know, he's, he's Bob Stoops. He's, he's OU football royalty. and I love him, but I mean, he's definitely, as soon as this game is over, he's going to, he's going to pass it off and he's going to be done. So, um, yeah, like grateful that he's there to kind of right the ship and maybe calm, calm the waters down a little bit. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I just and a, a, a part of me though, while, while I was watching that thing uh, yesterday, that that press conference yesterday, was like I'm just I I feel bad for him, man, because it's it's he Lincoln Riley was his guy, was his handpicked guy to take over the program, and I you know I think I, I think Bob is a pretty cerebral guy. I think he's a pretty self aware guy. I think he's a pretty emotional guy too, and I I feel I feel terrible for Bob because you know he feels terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And man, I just I like the idea of a Bob Stoops scorned because, first of all, he's super energized. He hasn't coached in five years. I know he did the XFL thing for five minutes, but, you know, that that was one thing. He's he's a guy that he's got all his energies on TV. Now you can tell he's a little bit more personable, I think, than he maybe used to be. He had some funny one liners. Uh, he's he's a, I don't know. I'm, I wasn't covering Bob Stoops when he was here. I got here at this job right at the very tail end when Bob Stoops retired. So I can't really speak to what it was like covering Bob Stoops, but I've heard that, you know, over time, I, actually I've heard, you know, he was, he was great from the beginning, but you know, over time he kind of got a little bit more cantankerous, maybe a little more gruff here and there. Uh, maybe that's not fair. Maybe some people would dispute that, but uh, I don't know if it's changed. Like it seems I mean, like I won't he's a dispute lot more... that narrative. That narrative definitely existed at the end of his tenure for okay. sure. So, so you would know more than me. Uh, but I also had I just heard a, a really cool story from a guy I work with who's our, our chief photographer at News 9. He said that he was new here in Oklahoma City and he, his task was to go out in 2004. So, I mean, we're talking I can't remember if this was spring of 04 or if this was like fall camp of 04. I don't know. So it was either it was it was in that that year and he got out there and it was during some sort of 
quarterback battle. So maybe you can fill in the blanks there, Grant. Maybe it would have been a Rhett, Bo- Rhett Bomar versus Paul Thompson. Was that a thing? That would have maybe had like to before be the. Well, that would have been two thousand five. Like I, so somewhere in there in that era, there was some sort of quarterback thing, and that, and so the the chief photographer I know went out there. He said that he was. It was you know, a huge scrum in front of Bob Stoops. He got there a little bit late. It was tough to get his you know, big camera in there, to get, and he just he couldn't get a shot. And, you know, and when you, I've been in those before. It's, you always want to be the first person in there around somebody because if you're not, you, you're going to get a terrible shot. Your, your sound quality is going to be really bad. And so it sounds like it was, just, it was the worst-case scenario because the big story was getting Bob Stoops' thoughts on the quarterback situation. And the guy I know – he, he was struggling. He, he didn't get any. He was trying to hold his camera up high to get a shot. He didn't get anything, and it was over with. And he was like, oh, no. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to go back to my bosses, and they're going to say, what do you got? And he's gonna, he didn't have anything. But he said Bob Stoops noticed him, and as he was walking away, he said, hey, there, get what you need. And the guy I know said, yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And Stoops said, are you sure? And he said, no, nah, actually, I don't think I got it. He said, all right, let's do it. Come on, right now. And so he gave him a one-on-one interview. Some random, I mean, this guy, like, some photographer from Channel 9. Uh, actually, no, it wasn't even Channel 9 at the time. I believe it was one of the other Oklahoma City local affiliates at the time. And he gave him a, a, a one-on-one where he was able to ask him, I think he said four questions or so. And some other people tried to, to step in and, and get the one-on-one well. And Bob said, nope, pushed him away. So that was, the, I mean, it's, a, it's one story. But as a, somebody that works in the media, it obviously meant a lot to, to my, you know, my coworker. And that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, guys. I mean, at Oklahoma, it doesn't happen. I mean, maybe if you're at a, any, like a, a D2 school or a small college, FCS program, sure. They're, they're happy you're there. They'll give you interviews all you want. At Oklahoma, that doesn't happen. And so that just kind of speaks to the character of Bob Stoops. That was all back in 2004, 2005. And, and the guy I know, he said, from there on out, I, I love Bob Stoops. I'm a big fan. And the, the guy I know, he's a big Ohio State fan. <laughs> so he doesn't like Oklahoma. So that's just one anecdote about Bob Stoops that I, I just heard in the, in the last couple of days. So um, sorry, I'll, I'll shut up because I think you want to say something. But I do have another point about Bob that I wanted to make. No, I'm glad you, I'm glad you told that story. My, my eyes are kind of welling a little bit. I love Bob Stoops. That's awesome. <laughs> hey there, get what you need. Uh, no, so so the thing with Bob Stoops, yeah, the bowl game, cool. Yeah, I like the idea of him being the bowl game. I'm with you. It makes it a little more exciting. But why this is so interesting in my mind is that you got a guy like Bob Stoops, and he talked about his meeting with the players after Lincoln left. And what he told the guys, he said, hey, the program is you. It's not me. It's not Lincoln. It's not Switzer. It's it's you guys. You guys are the ones out there making the plays. We're doing this for you. You're, And I think his... The fact that he's here, he's a legend. These players are young. I get it. They probably don't remember a whole lot of Bob Stoops. I mean, some of them do. Some of them don't. I mean, but they know who he is. They get it. There's a statue of him, and he has earned their trust. Every single person in that locker room trusts Bob Stoops 100%. And so I think that's so valuable in this time when a lot of fans, a lot of people listening to this podcast are really worried that half of this team is going to just leave and bolt because there's who's going to be the next coach? And I think... Bob Stoops being here and going out and recruiting and talking to the team and saying, hey, guys, it's going to be okay. We're going to hire a great coach. That's going to keep a lot of people on this roster, in my opinion. I think, I think not that many people in the end of this are going to, are going to leave. I think Bob Stoops is going to keep them here, and when they hire whoever they're going to hire, I'm guessing it's going to be a good guy because Oklahoma is Oklahoma. They're going to find somebody good. 
And I think that it's not going to be as bad as far as, as an exodus of the current players as maybe a lot of people think. And this is just my opinion. I have no inside information. I'm just basing it off of Bob Stoops. And I think if he's not here, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it could be totally different. You could have already gotten big-time names, young guys, announced they're going to transfer. All we've gotten so far is what? Theo Weiss, Jaden Hazelwood, Spencer Rattler. Rattler is obviously expected. Austin Stogner. Am I missing anybody? Anybody else? I think that's it for now. Stogner was Stogner was was rumored to transfer like weeks ago, so that was that was expected. Okay. Uh, if you go back and, there and listen, there was one to, report. Sorry. Go, go back ahead. and listen to some other some other podcasts too. Um, go listen to uh, Keegan Renault's podcast through the keyhole. I know he alluded to that even if Lincoln Riley was still here, there would have been there would have been some guys that they were going to have to really work to keep anyway. So maybe the guys who are in the portal right now are those guys you know already it's and possible, so yeah uh, and everything is everything speculation up to this point i you know i i don't know if it is going to particularly be bob stoops that keeps these guys here i think it's going to be hiring a new head coach that's going to keep the guys here and i i mean all all the names that are being floating out there any one of those guys i think are, are going to have a really good chance of keeping a good chunk of dudes here to be honest with you so um not i'm not freaking out too much about that that aspect of it yet um my my big thing with it was just you know I, I mean I'm you know transitioning away from Stoops now here. Just my my big thing with it is that I just I feel like a fool. I, I feel like a huge fool. Um, I, I feel like I, I got suckered in by Lincoln Riley, and I feel like I, I I feel like I dismissed the weird feelings that I pretty consistently had about him, uh, and I just feel like a fool because I came out here and I you know I. We've been doing this for five years or four years now, five seasons now. I come out, you know, we come out here and we, we put of our we put our opinion, our well thought out opinions, or most of the time well thought out, <laughs> out for a lot of people to listen to, and I just, I feel I feel foolish. I you know I, the guy Lincoln Riley has given me a weird vibe for the last three or four years. I feel foolish that I wasn't, I wasn't brave enough to come out and say it to, and say it. That's it. No, I get that. Sure, yeah, a lot of us feel, I mean, bamboozled, betrayed, whatever the adjective you want to you want to use. Sure, because uh, the guy kept a lot of things kind of close to the vest, and very it, secretive. Hey, modern college football history: what happened on Sunday? That's unprecedented. That's never happened before. Um, it, it's just it's that's never happened, and it's um, it's just weird. It sucks that it was OU, <laughs> like the first the first team that ever happened to really. Um, and we'll, we'll get into it more. We'll get into it more. But like, I think, I think, you know, if, if you want to take the half glass full approach, there's plenty of nuggets out there to suggest maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world for OU going forward. Um, and that's, you know, I, we've, I've, I've told you, you know, um, off air, you know, when we're not recording, man, how fascinating it's going to be to watch USC, especially with now we, we're very familiar with a lot of the coaching staff they're going to have. Man, it's going to be fascinating to watch them through a different lens to see if yeah. a lot of the same problems pop up. Um, man, just it's just what a what an absurdly weird. I was about to say season, <laughs> but what what a really weird last two seasons of Oklahoma football. Uh, just just exceptionally weird, and uh, I'm I'm hoping that the, I'm hoping that it, it almost works as as like as like cleansing fire for the most part. <laughs> and that this is actually, you know, hey, and, and this is actually what they need. This is what they need to get over the hump. 
Sure. And uh, just real quick to to clean up and put a bow on the Bob Stoops stuff. I just want to be clear about when I say, you know, Bob Stoops can keep a lot of these guys here. I guess to be more specific, let's say he's not here. I think there's more of a chance that a lot of these college kids could make rash decisions without any sort of idea what's going to happen next and maybe decide, hey, I want to transfer. Whereas Bob Stoops can kind of come in right now and just be like, hey, all right, in like a calming factor and allow them to wait it out and not make any sort of rash decisions until they get that next head coach because Bob will be telling them, I'm sure he's telling them right now, he told the media, told the fan base on Monday, it's Oklahoma, it's a great job, we're going to find a great coach. And so if that wasn't here, then maybe a lot of these young college kids would have just irrationally been like, oh, I'm out of here, I'm gone, I'm like, I'm, I, got, I got a tweet, I'm out of here, blah, 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 see you later. So that's kind of more of what I mean. Like he, he's like a calming force that not maybe not force, but a, a calming person that can prevent those guys from making quick decision decisions and they can wait for the, the head coach to be hired. That's and I will say, say, I'm going to say one more thing on Bob Stoops. I, I, I do want to say seeing him at that press conference hours after seeing freaking Re- Lincoln Riley at the Coliseum in USC black and wearing the USC logo and doing the stupid freaking peace sign, the victory sign they do. <laughs> Um, yeah, seeing Bob Soups at that podium made me feel a lot better, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was there. It was cool. I mean, Barry Switzer was kind of in the back, kind of watching on, you know, because Switzer's always I wish, around. Wish, I wish Switzer would have been up there, too. That would have, <laughs> that, that would have, that would have added to the good vibes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it really shows and plays to how close of a family this, they are. And, um, you know, they thought, they thought Lincoln was part of them, and... You know, he made the decision that he wanted to move on. And, you know, we'll talk more about Lincoln moving forward. Let's, let's get into some of the head coaching candidates that have been floated out there. And I think, number one, we got to talk about Brent Venables because this is a name that a lot of people probably, when they found out about Lincoln Riley leaving, they probably just instinctively thought Brent Venables because it just, it just makes sense. I mean, he, he's never been a head coach, but he's – an incredible defensive coordinator, and you kind of wonder why has he never been a head coach? Oh, no, the Oklahoma job is open out of nowhere. And like, okay, maybe he'd be a, a good fit. And I know Teddy Lehman on he and Gabe Eichert's podcast, Teddy Lehman said that Venables was his number one choice. His podcast came out a couple of days ago. And I think on this podcast, Grant, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Lincoln Riley, like we did, like, I think we did a hypothetical discussion about, hey, let's say <laughs> it's some crazy world that Lincoln Riley does actually leave Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, who would we want as Oklahoma's next head coach? And I'm pretty sure that we talked about Venables in that conversation. Uh, so, so yeah, so I, so you like Brent Venables, uh, if he's Oklahoma's next head coach, you think what? I, I think that's a, I think that'd be a great hire. I, I think that would be, I think that's the most, that's the easiest, most logical hire. Um, he is, well overdue, well overqualified for this opportunity. Um, gosh, man, ever since he's gotten to Clemson, his defenses have just been so good. They've been so good. And um, and just, I mean, his, his I mean, you, you go kind of more into like the strategic as- aspect of it. Dude can recruit. We know he can recruit. He's re- he recruited a lot of those first round NFL defensive linemen to Clemson. Um, and and I, I just, I, the continuity would be nice as well. He's very familiar with Oklahoma. Uh, the, you know, the, 
the idea of, of him kind of being reunited with Bob, even though Bob, is, you know, kind of has an outside role, sort of gives me kind of kind of the warm and fuzzies on the inside. Um, also, you know, just I mean, he's he clearly is, has some sort of relationship with Joe Castiglione as well. He understands what the program means to the state, to the fans. Um, Venables would be a great hire. It'd be a great hire. Uh, you know, I I reserve to change my mind if he came over with like a terrible offensive coordinator, but I I I doubt that that would happen. Um, no, I think I think there's there's guys who would excite me more than Venables. But I think I, I think if, if if you were to have Brent Venables in here, I know for sure that OU would be playing some really good hard nosed defense pretty shortly after that, um, and I think he would have a really really low floor or a really high floor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I just I don't think there's just no way that Brent Venables would be a disaster at Oklahoma, is what I'm saying. Knock on wood. So I share most of your thoughts. I will say. The idea of Venables, you had to talk me into it a little bit, but the more I think about it and the more I just kind of... To me, it's there's two things with Brent Venables. I think that would be a great hire. There's two unknowns that will determine whether or not it's a great hire or not. Number one, who does he bring over to call the plays on offense? Who's his offensive coordinator? That's You just kind of hinted at that a little bit. They've, they've got to get a great offensive coordinator, obviously. And more importantly, honestly, when it comes to Britt Venables, he's never been a head coach. Can he be a head coach? And you said something a second ago. He's well, I think you said he's overqualified or he's like more than qualified for this. And you're absolutely correct. I mean, the dude's been a defensive coordinator and I think he's the assistant head coach at Clemson. I mean, he's, he's done this now for over 20 years, maybe even close to 30. I don't know. Uh, I guess his, his first year coaching was 98. So he's getting up there around 20, getting close to 25 years of coaching as a defensive coordinator. And by the way, even though it seems like he's been out Clemson forever, he's he had more years at Oklahoma. He was at Oklahoma still longer than he's been at Clemson. He was at OU, I think, for 13 seasons. I got him in front of me right here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. So from 99 to 2011 he was at Oklahoma that's 13 seasons he's been at Clemson now for one two three four five six seven eight nine ten this was year 10 at Clemson so to your point he certainly knows all about Oklahoma he knows how important this program is what it means to the state uh, he knows Joe Casiglione obviously he's longtime friends with Bob Stoops check all those boxes because a big part of that press conference on Monday listening to Joe Casiglione talk the implication is that, hey, I want somebody that really wants to be here in Oklahoma, which means, hey, I want somebody that's not going to randomly leave here in five years if he's having success. I mean, that's basically what it, I mean, that's me reading between the lines. But he, he referenced at least three to five times kind of like how important it is to get somebody that understands how important it is to be here and wants to be at Oklahoma, which, again, the implication is, <laughs> yeah, Lincoln Riley is a great coach, but he clearly did not want to be here. So that, that checks the Brent Venables box there. But the, the two big things, who does he bring over for the offensive coordinator? I've heard, I've heard some ideas, but I'm not at liberty to say. There, there might be some stuff out there publicly, but I'm not comfortable, and I don't know yet. Um, I mean, there's a, lot of, heard any- there's a lot of stuff floating on Twitter. I, I don't want to... There's, there's one name in particular. Uh, I, I, I suppose there, there's been two offensive coordinator names that have been most, 
uh, you know, most oft mentioned. One I think is way more realistic than the other one. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, should we? It's it's all going to come out eventually, I guess. Um, I haven't. I don't even know the second one. I know I know one of the guys you're talking about, but I don't know. Uh, the other guy. So I, I just, it's one of those things where I know well, that hey, there's, you know, um, hey, we can, I, we know, Hey, Bruce Feldman has already tweeted about one of these guys. He, Bruce Feldman did tweet out, um, that he was hearing rumblings that Matt rule maybe was, was, uh, uh, was associated with the OU job. And he tweeted out very similarly how he tweeted out with Lincoln Riley and LSU that he's hearing that that's not going to happen. So I think you can probably deduct from there. The other OC is Joe Brady. Who is who is the current okay. Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator? Was the one year coordinator at LSU when he had the best offense of all time in college, with probably the best offensive roster of all time in college. Okay, yeah, no, good point. And that, I had uh, that exact thing on the rundown for next because because Feldman brought up Matt Rule, and that was one of the names I think that another one of the hypothetical names we brought up a couple weeks ago in the podcast of like, hey, be great to get Matt Rule, you know, if he wanted to leave NFL. So it sounds like though he's he's not going to be coming to OU. Um, and there's another guy. So like I, the the offensive coordinator that Venables would bring if he's the guy, that obviously is incredibly important. And OU knows that, and so does Brent Venables. So you would you would hope and pray. And Bob Stoops knows that obviously because Bob Stoops is going to have a huge hand in this as well. It's him and Joe Castiglione. That's that's who's going to make this decision. Uh, they know all about that, and so the question is, who are they going to get? That that would make you know. I would, if Venables is announced as next head coach, my first question is, who's the offensive coordinator going to be? And uh, yeah, and then and then what we won't know until until if he's the head coach, what we won't know until he starts coaching, we start seeing him play games. Is is he a good head coach? We won't know that until he tries it out. And so that those are the two main things. Um, another one positive thing I want to bring up on on Venables too. Is that I, I think it's I think it's really valuable that this guy has been on staffs that have won national championships at two different schools. So he's he's seen it done in two different ways. Because I think we all can agree that Bob Soups is a whole hell of a lot different than Dabo. They run their ship a lot differently, and Brent Venables has has found a way to thrive in both ways, and has come up with great defenses in in both ways. Um. I, th- I think that's really valuable, man, that he, he's, he knows how Bob Stoops coaches, knows how much success that can bring, and he knows kind of how much success that Dabo sort of CEO style, glad-handing, more Mac Brown type style can also win really well. And man, that's, that's got to be really valuable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, concerns I would have with, uh, you know, in addition to, you know, can't, you know, can he be head coach is like, okay, He's always just been in charge of the defense and calling the defensive plays. He's never had to really worry himself with the in-game being the head coach. Like, how how would that potentially affect him calling a game on defense if he's the head coach plus the defensive coordinator? You know, calling plays. Man, Does he would bring be, it? That, yeah. gonna be, he's going to have a hell of a support group for advice. Sto- like Stoops, Dabo. Yeah. Mike yeah. Stoops. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of guys that he can lean on for that. I mean, it's yeah, you're exactly right. And again, like this isn't a guy who's who's 38. Like I think Bob Stoops was whenever he took the Oklahoma job. I mean, he, I think Brent Venables is like 50 or close to six. I don't know how old he is. Uh, I don't know. He's probably yeah, he's probably like I could look it up right now. Uh, point being, like he's an older guy that's been around college football for almost 25 years. He's gonna know all of these things that he he okay. How, how should I how should I phrase? Yeah, he, he's 50. 
he's going to know that he does not know everything, but he's going to try his best probably if he's the you know next head coach to learn as much as he can because of all the people he knows. And I would hope that he, you know, he doesn't have as much of an ego to where he will ask questions and he'll like if he's wrong about something, he'll he'll like adjust and he'll be better. And How much I mean, of an ego he, can that guy so, have, yeah. man? He's had you know that he's had head coaching opportunities out the wazoo for over a decade now at least. Yeah. He hadn't he hadn't taken any of them. That's a good point. Let's see. What else did I have on Venables? So you brought up his recruiting. I mean, the dude can recruit. We know that. Oh, that remind that's what reminds me. You bring in a guy like Venables, if, if he is the guy, don't you feel really good about pretty much keeping all of the current defensive players at the very least on the roster, let alone, I mean, and then depending on who he brings in for the offensive coordinator, maybe then you keep all the offensive guys too, including, who knows, I mean, Caleb Williams has not said anything about going to USC yet I, I, or going Caleb anywhere Williams yet. Caleb Williams is the big, that's, that's, I mean, that's the big game. I mean, that's, that's clearly number one priority for anyone that's probably number one priority right now for bob stoops is make sure that guy stays and hey this is like it's i, I don't know what caleb's gonna do i he's you know he's been on record that he basically picked ou his family because of lincoln riley um but also i mean there's i, I think there's a, a pretty good case that can be made in his ear for why he should stay because he'll be i mean he'll be he'll be baker level legend if he stays um i mean i already love the guy and i'm 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 not going to love him anymore if he leaves. <laughs> so <laughs> very similar to Lincoln Riley. <laughs> Even though I I don't know if you loved Lincoln Riley. It sounds like you you we, we were still we were still in, in the in, in the like process. We I was I, I was yeah, I I wasn't gonna, you know, I I liked Lincoln Riley. There was there was too much stuff that that bugged me about him, but yeah, I mean I I can't can't sit here and lie to you and say that I wasn't taken in by him. Yeah, it's just the way, like the way that he he kind of handles himself a lot of the time is so, is 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 kind of a personality that I that I go after. Like I I just like I like how he's sort of just sort of even keeled. I liked how he was just he kind of had just sort of the quiet mad genius persona about him. Um, but then you know when you see his teams and they're undisciplined and they struggle with penalties and he struggles with adjusting on the fly in games and like stuff like that. And then I mean knowing that he just. I just flagrantly lies on, on stuff that is just that's unbelievable i mean that's and i don't know it, it's it's become a meme and a joke on this podcast but him saying that kyler murray and austin kendall was a was a was a battle is is a slap in the face to anyone with any sort of intelligence yeah i fell for it i uh, famously fell for it for a podcast and then i realized how dumb i was or you know uh, but no, you never did. You, you saw right through it and you were correct too. Uh, and I gotta say you, you've been pretty consistent in, in calling out him. And, you know, I've always kind of sat cause you know, I, I go to these press conferences. I can talk, I can ask questions and stuff. I'm around it. So I'm always more of like the, try to do my best to keep it above the fray. Uh, but I think now uh, we can say without any sort of doubt that you were, you were kind of, you're onto something there with a lot of that stuff. I mean, like I recognized it. I just wasn't as hard on him as you were. <laughs> uh, it's just so like the funny. way it he would just casually do it and and like it's to me i guess i can't speak for anyone else but to me it was he was so obviously uncomfortable when he was answering some of those questions and that's something that me i pick up on that i can pick up really easily when people are uncomfortable and man lincoln riley is uncomfortable in press conferences all the freaking time for no reason really no reason to be he put himself in those positions 
There's no reason to sit there and lie and say that Austin Kendall and Kyler Murray are neck and neck. Literally no reason whatsoever. I don't know, man. You don't want you don't want Kendall transferring, right? Wasn't that the whole thing? It's like you want to make sure your quarterbacks don't transfer, go in the portal? I, I think Austin Kendall saw Kyler Murray and realized that, yeah, that's not happening. And so wh- at what point in time does it become, yeah, now he's just kind of patting me on my head and tossing my hair and just saying, oh, they're there. It's like, no, nah, I mean, no. Yeah. Tell the truth. Always tell the truth. Uh, I got a feeling that this podcast will just continuously go back and forth into Lincoln Riley bashing until we actually get to the point where we're talking fully about Lincoln Riley. Uh, but let's go, let's go on more about the head coaching candidate. I think we've, we've kind of gone through Venables a little bit. I'm sure we're missing out on some stuff. But, uh, you know, we, we got other guys to talk about. You brought up Matt Rule. I, again, Feldman said it's, it's probably not going to happen. He's seeing it's not going to happen. I'm not sure how much we need to talk about Matt Rule. I mean, okay, let's say, like, hypothetically – just for fun, it's a podcast. Like, okay, if it was, if Matt Rule was still on the table, even though it sounds like he's not, with Joe Brady, um, and then you know you got Venables, and then I don't know who Venables would bring in for his offensive coordinator. I've heard a name that I I think would probably be a pretty good hire. Again, not sure if that's out there, so I don't. I mean, it probably is, but I don't. You know, I'm not at liberty to say. So like, if if it's like Venables and a good OC, and Matt Rule and Joe Brady, I mean that, I'm torn on that man. Like I. That's like a that'd be a pretty interesting like what if and I think I've just you know, I'll throw it over to you because I think you might have a thought on it I think I know your thoughts on it and then I'll give you mine but like let's just for fun let's play that game if Matt Rule was still you know involved in this even though it sounds like according to Bruce Feldman he's out Matt Rule and, and Joe Brady with versus Brent Venables and then a really a, you know a good OC that that we like how does that sound what, what do you want to go with there <laughs> I don't know I so. I've kind of, as the day has sort of progressed, and we're recording this on Wednesday, and everyone who's a huge OU fan knows that today has been crazy. A lot of people just, I mean, are just are trying to figure out, trying to read the tea leaves, trying to figure out what's going. On. I've been right there with you. Um, I, you know, I, my, my feelings have kind of changed. I, I've more like kind of transitioned to more like I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about a Venables thing. I've kind of talked myself into that's that's what's probably going to be best for the program. Him, him, and someone else that we'll we'll mention later. Um. And you know, I you know, going through kind of the message boards and reading the tea leaves of the fan base and stuff like that, I saw that maybe you know the idea of a rule and and Brady uh, sort of marriage coming over was a little polarizing. A lot of people didn't love it. I just I don't share that. That would have been a home run hire, home run, big time. Just be, Matt Rule's a excellent football coach, X's and O's, tough nosed, just everything. That I if if Matt Rule was the coach, I think there's. I think there's legitimate questions about recruiting going to the SEC. Sure, that's fine. Man, Matt Rule's teams would be extremely well-prepared and really tough, and they would tackle well. That sounds awesome to me after what we've seen the last eight or nine seasons. Yeah, and presumably with a Matt Rule, Joe Brady hire, Matt Rule would probably also bring Phil Snow, his current D.C. in Carolina. In Carolina, the Panthers' defense is good, and that Baylor defense was good with with, uh, Matt Rule. So, I mean... Yeah, that both both scenarios I think sound great, and there's upsides and downsides to both. the The biggest downside I think would for like a Matt Rule and Joe Brady is like, okay, we know Joe Brady had the the great year, lightning in a bottle with LSU, and and his offense was great in college. So you think, okay, that that can probably translate again. But you know, Matt, you know, can what's Matt Rule's ceiling? Is Matt Rule a guy that can win a title? Maybe, maybe he is. Especially I, Oklahoma, I, I really did. think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. 
So that that would be my question. But with 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 Venables, you know, he's got that pedigree. He's never won it as the head coach, but he's been a part of three. So you kind of have that, like he knows how to do it. But then with Venables, it, the, the kind of the downside stuff we talked about a second ago, right? Is can he be a head coach? You know, what is he as a head coach? He's more than qualified to do it, but once he actually does it, we don't know. And then who would he bring as his offensive coordinator? And then also, I'm kind of curious, like, does he have a defensive coordinator as well? Like, Venables is the DC, but then does he does he hire a DC as well? I mean, well, I can't imagine he would he would not want to call the plays though. I've already said, so, yeah, I've told you. I think um, I think if Venables comes, I think Jamar Kane's the DC. And that's yeah, that's I, just I mean, my opinion. That's just that's my shot in the dark. That'd be yeah, and I I think that would that would sound great. <laughs> I mean, because. I mean, one, you have Venables and his mind and everything like that. And then Jamar Kane, we all like him. I, I love his background. Uh, his position group was pretty damn solid at Oklahoma. He's a good recruiter, great recruiter. And he's got ties to the West Coast, too, which Oklahoma's going to gonna come in handy. So hopefully Jamar Kane, no matter who's the next head coach, will stick around and be part of that staff. Um, okay, so other names that are kind of floating around there. I think uh, I could be wrong, but I want to say in the hypothetical podcast we did a couple weeks ago, I, you you had to have brought up Shane Beamer, didn't you? And Shane Beamer's a guy that kind of makes sense, right? I mean, he's a young guy, uh, great recruiter, seems like a stand-up guy. But I I haven't seen – like his kind of name has been kind of – it's kind of cooled off a little bit. I'm not so sure. And I think the big thing with Shane Beamer is you could talk me into Shane Beamer being a great hire. Certainly, I think he could – he'd probably come in. He knows a lot of these players. I mean, he recruited a lot of these players or some of these players. That would probably steady the program and keep a lot he of recruited, guys. He was a he was a big part of Caleb's recruitment. Oh, okay, interesting. So, I mean, Caleb maybe maybe Caleb Williams stays with Shane Beamer. Uh, who does he bring along as his defensive coordinator? I don't know. I don't know who who his staff would be. That's the thing. like I don't know. He's he's a Beamer. He's a he has a lot of contacts. He he'd probably find some good good guys. Uh, but here's the thing with Beamer though is doesn't he he kind of does seem like a stand up dude like. I get that Oklahoma is open and it's out of nowhere open, but I I don't see that guy just bolting South Carolina after one year because he said a lot of really nice things about South Carolina, and he seems like he's all in on that program. And I think he used to be an assistant coach there years ago, so he has some ties to South Carolina. So it, it's almost like I don't want Shane Beamer because that would mean he'd have to turn his back on South Carolina and leave a whole other fan base like, what the heck, man? And I feel like he's more of a stand-up guy than that. So I don't even know if he would do it. I, not, you don't think so? It's a lot different. It's a lot different coming from South Carolina. Just my opinion. I'm sure, sure Gamecock fans would maybe disagree with that. Um, South Carolina is a, is a stepping stone job, historically. You, oh, yeah. I, like, yeah. Um, and like, I, I hey, get Steve, that it's in the Steve SEC. Spurrier's but, there. Wait, what? Steve Spurrier was there, man. For yeah, a while, but that was like his... That was like his retirement project, though. I know, I know. And he I did know. a good job there. He actually did a really good he job did. there. Remember, we, we had like kind of that talk like a month or so ago. We did. We did, yeah. He, uh, Steve Spurrier did a lot better at South Carolina than I, than I remember. Yeah, I think, he, um, I, th- I think they had three consecutive 11-win seasons in the early 2010s. I think that's what we saw that. We were like, what? Weird. It might have been three consecutive double-digit win seasons. I don't know if it was 11. But either way, yeah, he had, he had a good time. Uh, by the way, as we're watching, uh, OU just knocked off Florida in basketball. Porter Moser getting getting jacked up. That's a good win. It's good OU basketball. That's a really team. good win after that. Um, after that really unfortunate loss to Utah State, which, like, I mean, Utah State's going to be in the tournament, and that could have been such a good win for their resume. Well, but they, hey, it's 
It's okay. They they got they they I were mean, able to get one against Florida. I mean, nobody watched it. Nobody even heard about it. But you know, you know, they won a game on Saturday, right? They beat UCF. I totally didn't even know about it until like after Bedlam. Yeah. Like I I I got open my my ESPN app and I saw the final score and I was like, oh, at least they won. That was a road win too. Yeah, you take at a road UCF. win anytime you can get it, baby, for sure. Uh, so yeah, the West of Evers podcast has not talked a whole lot of OU basketball basically since Trey Young left. It, it might change this year. If they're, it if, might change. If, if they are good, if they're like, if they're, if they're like knocking off like really good teams, and it's looking like they're a team that could make a run, we'll we'll do some basketball pods for sure. I like I when they're really rolling, I love OU basketball. Some of like that, um, you know, the one year that you and I went to OU together, Lee was the, was the Blake Griffin and Sam uh, Sam Bradford year. Um, I, I may have had more fun going to basketball games that year than I did going to the football game. Ah, that's probably not true. But um, and <laughs> Let's that, not get you know, too hey, carried away here. <laughs> that that 2015-2016 Buddy Heald team that went to the Final Four, I freaking loved that team, man. I was just I was all in at all times on that team. So yeah, if you uh, if they if, if they can kind of go on a bit of a run here and prove that maybe they're gonna be like I, you're gonna see a side of me that not a lot of people have seen. I love OU basketball. Okay. Uh, that's enough of that. Uh, this is a OU football podcast. This is a cr- crazy stuff going on. Uh, Shane Beamer. I, I don't know if you have it. Like, I don't, I get the feeling he's, it's not going to be Shane Beamer. I just, but you could talk me into that being a great hire. Uh, I'd like to see who's coming with him if, the, if he's the guy, uh, but I don't have much on him. Again, you could talk me into that being a really good hire. Uh, anything so else the, on Shane Beamer? I think the pros with Shane Beamer is I think if he comes, you're, you're not, you're definitely not going to see a huge exodus of players. Um, because they're familiar with them. And I mean, I don't, nobody's ever said a bad word about Shane Beamer. Like in just, um, he's a guy yeah. who like, whenever he talked, I just like, I love the guy. I mean, it was just like, man, oh, yeah. I, it'd be great, great if he stayed at OU forever. Um, he would definitely be, I, I think a CEO type coach for sure. Um, you know, it, it would, it would, yeah, it would depend on his coordinators. I, I think the one con is maybe he would be, you know, the culture that he would bring over would be a little too closer to Lincoln Riley's culture, which I hope hmm, the next guy, I hope it's totally different. I hope it's just completely different. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and a, uh, you know, a, a guy that, that knows his stuff, knows his college football, knows his coaching that listens to the podcast. Um, his, his favorite guy is Shane Beamer. I, I was messaging with him and the big thing is that, Beamer can recruit. He can recruit his butt off, and so he's known as, yeah, a, as he a great was, recruiter. He's he's a big. That's yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. They would they would absolutely be able to recruit in the in the SEC with Shane Beamer. He's got a lot of. Um, he was really instrumental in and them breaking into kind of the DC and like Baltimore area because you know that that's where he you know he did a lot of recruiting there when he was at Virginia Tech and South Carolina. So he's got a lot of contacts there. Um, yeah, Shane Beamer just is just just comes off as a really great guy, really genuine guy. I don't get the feeling that he's lying through his teeth every ten seconds when he's talking. <laughs> uh, okay, so next guy on the list, uh, a big name, big name, Luke Fickle. His team is undefeated right now. I know his name has been on uh, Dean's list uh, of candidates. Dean Blevins, my uh, boss at News Nine uh, at Cincinnati, has done a great job. Obviously, his team is. I mean, I went away from making the playoff. Luke Fickle, uh, I'm not wild about a Luke Fickle hire. And I will I'll reference this, the same guy I was just referencing, talking about Shane Beamer. He had thoughts on Luke Fickle as well. 
And I hadn't thought about this. And this is a guy that, again, he, this is his opinion, but he said that a guy like Fickle, he thinks that his dream job is Ohio State. And if that job ever comes open, he'd bolt Oklahoma for o- Ohio State. So you might have another situation where it's uh, Lincoln Riley, where the guy's not really in it for the long run. So maybe that's why Luke Fickle might not be the best pick for Oklahoma right now. Can I play but some devil's advocate obviously with a, that? He's obviously a great coach. Sure. And like, I mean, I, I, not that that's not an unreasonable concern. Luke Fickle got his chance at Ohio State. And they hired Urban Meyer instead. Well, it's Luke, Urban Meyer. Luke, Luke Fickle has, has, has coached an entire season at Ohio State as their head coach. The entire season? Yeah. He went six and six. Really? After Jim Tressel got fired for the for the the weird stuff. I, what season would it have been? 2011, 2012 maybe? I'm looking it up. Oh well, yeah, he was 6 and 7 in 2011. So I don't know. I mean, that's interesting. He kind of already got fired from Ohio State. Actually, you know, that's not true cuz cuz he Urban Meyer came in and he was reta- he was their DC under Urban Meyer. So, and that was also 10 years ago. I mean, the guy's obviously advanced as a coach. I mean, he, he's been incredibly successful at Cincinnati. Uh, but interesting. I guess I didn't remember that. Gosh, I think that was I, a long I, time ago. I think Luke Fickle would have been a fine hire. Another one of those things where he probably had a, a pretty, pretty high floor. I don't, I, you know, going to the SEC, I don't know. I don't know about him. Um, it would have been fine. Like, I, I, if, 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 you know, if he's the guy, hypothetically, I could could probably talk myself into that being a good hire. But I, yeah, he he seems definitely more of a Notre Dame type guy or a uh, definitely more of a Big Ten guy to me. Yeah, I mean, he uh, the guy I was referencing earlier that had the Bob Stoop story. He's still at, he uh, he's from Ohio, Ohio State guy, and he's he's convinced that Fickle just he loves that Cincinnati. I mean, big city. Uh, I mean, you, you're, not, you're not playing a schedule like an SEC schedule. I mean, you're winning a lot of football games, a good recruiting base, you know, and heck, they make the playoff. I mean, make the playoff, and he's about, to have, he's about to have an easier path to the playoff because everyone's right. They're going to the Big 12 in two yeah, years. Yeah. So, I mean, Fickle might be a guy that just kind of like, and I, I think they're, I guess I don't know what they're paying him. Maybe they can't pay him as much as he'd make somewhere else. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you could definitely do a lot worse than Luke Fickle. I just, I don't think that's, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't, I don't know anything. I, I was going to say, I don't think that's realistic or I don't think that's going to be happening, but what do I know? I, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, yeah, who, who just, knows what Luke Fickle wants to do, but I think, I think him staying at Cincinnati is not a terrible idea. He not like, you know, after next season, I mean, they're, they're going to go to the playoff this year. I, I really don't see them losing to Houston. I mean, that's a, they're, he's going to have the moniker of, you know, the first group of five team that gets to the playoff. He's not going to be a group of five teams starting likely in the 2023 season. That will probably come with a raise. Him making the playoffs is going to come with a raise. I'm sure they'll be able to recruit a little bit better in the Big 12. Not not to a, a great extent. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they're theoretically, they're big, like, the biggest competition in the Big 12 for them is going to be Oklahoma State and Baylor. Why not? Go for it. All right, next name that I've heard come up, and I, I know Dean has... Dean's heard a lot of good things about this next guy and like he actually might be a pretty strong candidate the Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning this dude is right around my age this dude's 35 
I'm 34 for you guys. Like, I, and I, I get it. Lincoln Riley was pretty young when he got the OU job. I guess he was 34, I think, when he was technically took over. So uh, it'd be kind of like that. I think Stoops was 38, 38, 39 when he got the job at OU. Uh, so Lanning would be even younger than Bob Stoops. And the whole, the whole thing about this Lanning guy is that it's kind of got the Bob Stoops feel. Super young guy, defensive coordinator in the SEC, great defense, taking over. Can this guy come over and be a head coach? Uh, I don't know much about the guy. Obviously, Georgia's defense is great. How much of that is him? How much of that is Kirby Smart? He's getting a, I think he, I think this guy won the Bros Award a couple of years ago. I think he might have already, I'll look that up. So he clearly has a great track record for, for being very, very young. Uh, so defensively, uh, a guy like that, you'd think, would improve Oklahoma's defense immediately. Sorry, Alex Grinch. That, probably, a, probably a better defensive guy than you. But as far as you know, who would he bring? Who does he know? Who kind of offensive coordinator would he bring over? He's a young guy. I don't know. I mean, I, there's a lot of unknowns with that dude. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how likely it is or how much of a candidate he is for this job, but that's a name that I've heard Dean mention. I've heard kind of floated out there, Grant. What do you know about Dan Lanning? I don't know anything about him other than his, his defense currently at Georgia right now is awesome, but he also has an NFL draftee at every single position starting. And I, you know, I, I don't know that one that I would, I would really need to be persuaded on that one. I, I just, there's, there's not a good track record for like for assistant coaches from big time SEC programs becoming big deal. Like I, unless there's ones that I'm just th- like that I'm missing. Kirby smart is pretty much it. Uh, Bob Stoops. <laughs> I mean, that was, tw- that was 22 years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so Lanning was a, a Bros Award finalist in 2019. And I believe he's a finalist again this year. So basically, hey, as far as I'm concerned, it's between Lanning and Jim Knowles for the Bros Award, man. Who's going to win it? Which defensive I mean, guy's going to get it? It's probably going to be Lanning, but it, it very obviously should be Jim Knowles, but we'll see. So, yeah, I don't know much about the guy. I just want to throw that out there in case you knew, you knew anything about him. Um, but yeah, that's one of those guys where if that were to happen and, and he's the guy, we'll have to do our research and figure it out. And then, uh, the other couple of names I have left are just to me, no chance. And honestly, I don't want these guys at all, but they've been floated out there. Mike Leach. Uh, no, thank you. Sorry. I, I like Mike Leach, but no, don't want to. Make that's, a, that's a, that's a big, big no for me. Big no for yeah. me, dog. Uh, and then Lane Kiffin also, I like Lane Kiffin, but no, no. No, thank you. Don't want him at Oklahoma. Don't think he'd be a good fit. Uh, I, yeah, that. So those are the other kind of names out there. There's probably other ones out there, maybe that I've missed. But I mean, we've gone over about six guys. Or I'd so. take Lane Kiffin over Lanning. Yeah, I can, yeah, see. I my too, my thing I, is though, like, and I get, I I don't, I don't necessarily think he's a great fit at OU. I I don't. But I I like I I will 100. I like Lane Kiffin. Talk about a guy who is genuine. No, I do too. I like him too. That guy's genuine. He's genuine. Yeah, but also he's a guy that could easily bolt in two or three years just because. I mean, maybe the NFL comes calling again. Yeah, you know, like he's. And yeah, yeah that's why I don't like, think he's. That's why I don't think he's a great fit. He's not a. He's not a guy that I can picture getting like a big time job and then just staying there for twenty years. He just, which is fine. He just doesn't seem like that personality. He definitely seems like a guy. Like I, I he's gonna win a Super Bowl someday. He's one of those, and guys. he doesn't pre- he doesn't pretend to be a guy like that, though. Uh, to your point, uh, he's 
He is what he is. Uh, I, I I agree. I like Lane Kiffin too, and you know, good on him because he has he's really, uh, I guess, built up his his resume and his he's he's rehabbed his image since. I guess after what Alabama or whatever, like he you know, went to FAU for a couple of years. Well, no, it was remember he awesome. was at he was at Tennessee, and then he bolted. Well, yeah. he bolted Tennessee for USC like really quickly. Okay, has he been in the NFL? Am I did I make that up? He went to the NFL. Yes, didn't he? he he was a head coach in the NFL. Why do I? Yeah, who's he with? Is it Atlanta? No, that's not right. Maybe he didn't go to the NFL. Oh, the Raiders. Oakland. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was the head coach of the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, that was before that was before the Tennessee job. Like, like he was so young when he got that job. Uh, he was like Sean McVay before Sean McVay. Getting and it did not work out. Uh, but yeah, I like, I mean, going you know the USC thing, and then he was kind of out of like then he went to Alabama for like the Nick Saban rehab tour, and I mean. That was great because then he went to FAU and he, he actually stayed at FAU for 17, eight, three years. Three, and their offense was consistently really good and they were just beating the crap out of the teams in their conference. Uh, and, you know, Ole Miss so far in two years at Ole Miss, he's done really well. He's done well at Ole Miss. Good for him. Yeah, they're, uh, yeah, Ole Miss is, uh, is very quietly 10 and 2 this year. Really good season for them. Okay, any other names? Any other names out there that I have not brought up that you have heard that you thought would be fun to discuss? None none that we're at liberty to discuss. <laughs> okay. There's I like there's that. one that's there's one that'd be very fun to discuss, but we we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna dip our toes into that one quite yet. Yeah, you know what? I I can't I think I texted you the idea of that a couple days ago, and I know I told my couple of my friends about that. So I wish I would have said it publicly because then I wouldn't feel like but I didn't, so it would feel like I'm stealing. So I'm, I'm not going to do it. But maybe we can discuss this at some other time because that'd be really fun. Okay, now we already talked about Riley a little bit at the start, but now we can really get into Riley. And I know you already kind of talked about it. Um, I was going to ask you, you know, your, your initial reaction. I, I think I broke the news to you because you were, you were busy on Sunday. You were doing other things. Did I break the news to you? So I was, what I was doing all of last week, I was moving a friend from the Twin Cities in Minnesota all the way to Oregon. So I was, I was driving all weekend and, you know, we, 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 we split it into bite sizes. And so I, I watched Bedlam on Saturday night from a hotel in Missoula, Montana. Um, <laughs> and so, no, I, I was, I, the news was broken to me by, uh, by my phone that, that was lighting up from a lot of different people, from you, my friends, uh, our cousin James. And uh, I, was, I was in southeastern Washington. I was just about to cross into Kennewick, Washington. Um, and it was, I found out about an hour or two after everything broke. And so I was, I was driving 70 miles an hour down the freeway in a giant van full of crap when I found out. And you didn't turn and start driving directly towards L.A.? To be there for Lincoln Riley's initial press conference? What the heck were you thinking? You were there. That wasn't. Uh, that was not my uh, my initial reaction. No, I was still pretty far away from L.A. <laughs> where I was. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So no, yeah, I mean, I mean I was it was, at- um, and it was it was uh, it was a shock. It was a shock because at that point I was still you know sitting there kind of driving by myself. Um, 
I was still I was still upset about them losing the night before. I you know I thought it was a very winnable game, and I was upset that they lost. And um, I guess one one way to put it is after I didn't care about the loss anymore after I saw that. So that's that's nice at least. Uh, but no, I mean it felt. Um, I, I'll be yeah the you know Sunday and then Monday as well as you know as I was trying to you know still helping moving and stuff like that and it was it's weird I'll be totally honest with you I mean it felt I told uh, I I told my friend this but it was just like in some ways some of the feelings I felt is like I got broke up with it is, it is a breakup <laughs> it's like my girlfriend dumps me in high school and then and then of course Monday comes around and you gotta free, you gotta see him in those new colors and doing this like I said doing the stupid victory sign. And sitting there uh, in his in his opening press conference at USC, saying "we" and "us," and and he's talking about someone else. And you know, just yeah. that's just like. And while I was seeing, that, I was just like, "Man, get lost! Just get the <laughs> hell out of here! Get out of here!" Yeah. So it was you know Sunday. I think it, it kind of broke around two thirty ish. I want to say uh, in Oklahoma. When Feldman tweeted out, and I think he was the first one that tweeted it, or maybe there was somebody else, I don't know. But earlier in the day, Dean Blevins, who he does the coaches show with Lincoln Riley every single Sunday, kind of late morning normally, uh, Dean had emailed us at work and said, hey guys, i just let you know, um, I'm waiting on Lincoln Riley. Uh, I've been waiting here since noon. He emailed us at like 1.30 or something like that, somewhere around there saying, uh, I was told that Lincoln's going to be about four hours late. <laughs> and like, I even saw that and I thought, eh, that's weird. But like, I was still thinking about the night before when he said, I'm not going to LSU. And I think like, he's not going anywhere. Like, this is like he's got to be doing something like, yeah, it's weird that he's not there, but it's got to be something else going on. I don't know. Uh, so like, that didn't even like in hindsight, it should have alarm bell should have been going off. But I was like you, like you said at the beginning of this podcast, when he said, I'm not going to LSU, I, that was good with, for me because that was the only school that was rumored that, to take it, that one of them. I mean, there was nothing about USC. And now we learn in hindsight, most likely it was all just, it was all just a ruse. You know, good on him. Great little, little, little bait and switch there. Little, the old switcheroo. Uh, so then, yeah, I saw the, the tweet come out about Feldman, and I, I was like, my God. And so I, I called Dean, and you know, Dean was kind of there, so like, it was kind of cool because like, oh, I it's like, hey, Feldman has this. Like, I mean, you're going to be there, Dean, so maybe you can find out more. And he he was there, and then finally he kind of like found out. Like, yep, Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln Riley's not coming to the coaches show today, <laughs> and he's he's not coming back. And I, I I was stunned. I I could not believe it. I could not believe he actually left. And even though all the signs were kind of there, I just it just did not make any sense. And yeah, I'm naive. I really thought the linchpin and the whole entire thing, Grant was Bob Stoops and Joe Castiglione. Like, you're going to turn your back on those two guys that one of them basically gave you gave you the job, didn't have to, and you're just going to turn your back on the, the guy? After you're 55 and 10, uh, things are going great as far as we know. So I just thought there's no way. It doesn't make any sense. Like, LSU doesn't make sense. And, I mean, honestly, USC kind of makes more sense now than LSU. I mean, now that we're going to be honest. Oh, USC it, but, makes just a whole, just way, way more sense. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so that's kind of the way I found out. Um, super weird. I do want to break down the, the pros and cons because you could say, oh, this is terrible. Everything's bad. This is, this is horrible. 
that's that's not true. I think there are some pros, and of course there are cons. And I'm not sure which one has more or less. And so let me take a sip of water here because I'm uh, talking a lot. Do you have a by the way? Do you have a pros and cons list too, or just me? I don't have a pros and cons. I don't I don't care about that guy. Oh, but this is not just about Lincoln Riley. This is about Oklahoma football. Are you talking about what do you want to start with? Are you talking about oh, just the pros and cons, just in general? Yeah, the, the pros and cons of for Oklahoma in him leaving. That's well, not, sure, like, yeah. not I mean, for I Lincoln Riley. I don't have a list, but yeah, I mean, I've been I've been going over stuff like that in my head the last seventy two hours for sure. So, what do you think is is more interesting to start with the 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 pros of him leaving for Oklahoma or or the cons of him the leaving cons. Oklahoma? Start with the cons. Okay, I, I thought so too. All right, so here's my list of four, this. Okay, this is for Oklahoma. This has nothing to do with Lincoln Riley. This is just as far as Oklahoma's football program goes. These, in my estimation, are the cons of Lincoln Riley going to USC. All right, number one, let's be honest. Riley, this isn't controversial. He's probably one of the best head coaches in college football. He's definitely a top 10 coach, and you can make the argument that he's a top five coach. And help me out with this, Grant. I was thinking, like, okay, Saban, Dabo, Brian Kelly, Kirby Smart, Riley. I'd put Ryan Day ahead of Riley. I mean, see, that's the thing, like, Riley Day, you know, they're kind of there, like 1A, 1B, yeah, that's you know, the, depends, on, depends on your opinion. Yeah, that's the that's kind of the list. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're losing probably a top five coach in college football. Yeah, that's not good. All right. So, uh, and let's, USC probably gave him everything he wanted and more. Uh, so, anytime a school like USC is willing to do that and put everything out on the table to get a guy, it's telling you that. He's a pretty special coach, and they're going all out for him, and so Oklahoma lost a special coach. Okay, that's a con. Next one. Uh, the chances of Oklahoma getting the nation's top quarterback prospect in each class has drastically decreased now because Lincoln Riley usually gets that guy or gets one of those guys, and he's at USC, and a lot of these guys are out in California, <laughs> it would seem. So uh, Riley gets his quarterback, so OU getting super excited about the Caleb Williams or the Malachi Nelsons, those types. Sure, I mean – there's going to be more than one here and there that are pretty great that Oklahoma could get, but it's not going to be as much of a slam dunk as it used to with Lincoln Riley. So that's another con. Uh, sure, you can throw in you know all the high school kids out there that have committed to Oklahoma who are now decommitting. You know that is a con as well. Uh, but I kind of talked about this earlier. I'm not too alarmed by this because those kids are not on campus in Oklahoma. They've never been at Oklahoma. There are other high school kids out there that Oklahoma's next coach will be able to recruit, and I get that there's not going to be as many four- or five-star guys, especially this early signing you know, period if they start losing guys. I get that because uh, they, they sign other places, and maybe not as many four- and five-star guys as Riley was getting. But, hey, you know, maybe with this new coach, whoever it is, maybe the new staff will do a better job of developing some of these four- and five-star players so that – if Oklahoma gets a five-star, maybe he'll actually eventually play like a five-star player because I don't know if that's really happened since Lincoln Riley's been here. I don't know. Buki never played like a five-star player. Jaden Hazelwood played like a five-star player maybe once or twice in his career. Theo Weiss maybe once or twice. Trajan Bridges you're, never. You're being, no, you're being generous with, with Hazelwood and Weiss. Sure. So, so that's that. I got a couple more cons, but any of those first ones I mentioned that spark anything that you want to talk about? I think I, I think right now on the outset the the biggest con is 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 just the hit and recruiting. Um, I think that's the one thing that you can point towards with Lincoln Riley since he's taken over OU. 
that they're, they're recruiting, you know, if you judge by the recruiting services, ha- has exploded. Gotten to the point where it's it's gotten really good to the point where they're, you know, they're they're right with, you know, a lot of those teams and in the blue chip ratio. Not they're not close to Alabama and Georgia because nobody is. Um but they are close to like, you know, Ohio State and, you know, some of the other like other teams in the SEC as well. So that that's I that's the biggest con, I think. Okay. I have two more. This is kind of similar to the recruiting, but it's about the current roster. And there's a chance that that current roster could get gutted if a bunch of guys transfer. And, you know, so far, we mentioned this earlier, there's been some big names, but nobody that really bothers me. Like, again, the Theo Weeses, the Jaden Hazelwood, the Rattler, um, Stogner. Those guys are replaceable. They have not played up to their star rate. I mean, Stogner was good before he got hurt last year. Every single one of those guys are guys going into the season. I expected it to be gone after this year anyway. Same. Same. So, like, none of those guys bother me, but here's the thing. If we start seeing a mass exodus of some of those key young players like a Mario Williams or a DJ Graham or a Latrell McCutcheon, Billy Bowman, uh, we were talking before the podcast, you mentioned Anton Harrison on the offensive line. Then if those guys start to go, then that's when I would get concerned because something's going on, Okay. Uh, and then lastly, I think the biggest con and the recruiting you brought up is is probably, yes, like long term, potentially the biggest con. But I would argue, though, the biggest con is weirdly the biggest pro of whenever Riley took the job over from Bob Stoops, the unknown. Back then, that was the biggest pro. What is this guy? He's not Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops had kind of gotten maybe a little stale at the end. They hadn't won in a long time. Maybe this guy can win a title. We didn't know. And now at this point, the biggest con for Riley leaving is the unknown. Like, as much as I want to talk myself into Riley's shortcomings, which we can get to here in a little bit, what if the next guy just ain't it? And it's, it's even worse than Lincoln Riley. That's, that's the biggest con, in my opinion. That's, that's, that's definitely the biggest point there is, you're right, we can talk about his flaws, and we can talk about all of the areas we felt like they needed to be better. He was still 55 and 10. And that's not normal. And I think any time that you criticize, and and I think that's that's why I bit my tongue a lot. I was I was trying to be grateful and realizing at fifty five and ten, that's that's not normal. And that's that's elite level. That's Hall of Fame trajectory coaching right there. And guys like that don't grow on trees. I think we're at the point right now where we hope that a lot of that was built on the stability and culture that Bob Stoops built. That's kind of that's kind of where our fingers are crossed right now, and I hey, I think that's maybe possible, because I mean we'll go into it more. I mean I think we can all agree that the best team that Lincoln Riley had here was the 2017 team, which really was Bob Stoops' team, um, and they've, you know, the finished product at the end of every season since then, I think has been worse than the previous year. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Actually, that's not true. I'm sorry. I think they were better at the end of 2020 than they were at the end of 2019. But that mostly had to do just with their defense. Okay, yes. That's what I was going to say. Because we talked about this before, and you made that point before. So I'm glad you remembered it. That's, yes. I think that's the one one season we can point to that, yes, we saw improvement. But I think that was the exception to the rule, ultimately. And so that gets us into, I think that's a good transition to – now with Riley gone for Oklahoma, 
What are what are the actual pros of that? And believe it or not, I've got a, a decent amount of pros here. And you know, maybe this is my crimson colored glasses, but you, you you guys know us, okay? Yeah, we like we like OU football. We went to OU. We're OU fans. I, I'm in the media, but I went to OU. What are you gonna expect me not to root for Oklahoma? That no, that's it's sports. Like you guys know who I am, but also we're objective. I will tell you what we think about OU. If they're not good, they're not good. And I hope that you realize that. I just like to bring that up every once in a while. So there are some pros here that I think are legitimate. And so I'll start with this one. It might be kind of obvious, but I'll just I'll lay it out just so we're all on the same page. If Riley didn't want to be in Oklahoma, it's best for him to go right now. Just rip that Band-Aid off. I mean, we can speculate from that L.A. Times story that said that Riley's reps, his representation, his agent or his agents, however many agents he has, that they'd been in contact with USC since September Based off of that story, we can speculate that perhaps Lincoln Riley was not fully invested in Oklahoma this season. And, and you talked about this a little bit earlier, Grant. And if that's the kind of Oklahoma team in 2021 that you get when Lincoln Riley's heart's not fully in it, then it's best for, for both parties for Riley just to go, just to get out of here right now. And I and think so, and when I when I yeah. kind of went on that when when I sort of went on that rant at the beginning of the show and I was saying, you know, you know, or like, how do you handle it and stuff like that? And I guess my, my vision is knowing what the end product was. My my vision is, um, he should have he should have left. He should have left right then and there. If he didn't want to be there, he should have gone. I mean, that period. And you know what? I like I, I I'm assuming in his in his in his thought process, he was thinking, well, of course I need to stick it out. I have these these guy these kids here who I've committed to, and I got to stick it out for this season. But the product you were putting on the field kind of sucked, man. Like relative to what it was supposed to relative. be. Relative. And yeah, I'm just saying, to like, and, to be. and I'm saying, like, it's just if you didn't want to be here in September, you should have gone then. You should have. Man, and I, and, I mean, and, and how I, and crazy I get, would that have been? Like, and it would have been crazy. It would have been crazy. But the honesty would have been a little refreshing. And I would have, I would have preferred that than what just went down over the last seventy-two hours. Yeah, you know that's a great point, man. I mean, it would it would have given Oklahoma a heck of a lot more time to find a new coach. Like, it's, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm the type of person where it's just like, hey, Lincoln Riley doesn't need to come out and say anymore. I didn't want to be at Oklahoma. We know that by his actions and by what he's done. I'd have a whole hell of a lot more respect for the guy if in October he would have come out and said, hey, guys, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling it anymore. I'm going to go to USC because that feels like a better fit. It would have hurt. It would have sucked at the time, especially if they were undefeated. But then we would have come to that exact same realization. He didn't want to be here. And so it's better. It's better for him to just go. Yeah, and it's that's, easier that's, to say that that's, in hindsight. And, I'm sorry, no, like, and that's what, and like, and, and that's kind of just been my, my feeling over the last three days as well, too. Like, I mean, if you kind of read between the lines, too, on some of, like, the statements that he's released, he's, he's, been, he's been hammering it over the head with, like, the vision of the administration and visions aligning and stuff like that, which, I, I mean, I think is a clear shot at Joe C. Um, and it's just, one of, it's just, just go away, dude. Just freaking go away. Yeah, I think in hindsight, saying that sounds good. It's just, at the time, you're undefeated. He knew about all the expectations Oklahoma had. You, you, you play it out. That's what he, and that's what he did. I mean, it just sucks that it would seem that maybe he never. I mean, we're just we're we're assuming at this point. We don't like. Know. I'm sorry. Like, did he not have the like self awareness to know? Because that's that's where did he not have the self awareness to to realize that the team was nowhere near as good as they said that it was going to be, 
And do you ever think it crossed his mind? Uh, maybe that's the case because I don't want to be here and I'm flirting with other jobs. Uh, probably not. I mean, you're that level. You're that successful. You're that smart. Dude's a really smart guy. You tend to maybe overlook some things and believe He's that you're always right. too smart for his own good. Potentially. Potentially. We'll see. I mean, uh, I mean that, yes, again, I think in hindsight, what you just laid out about him just coming out clean in the end of September, early October sounds great, but it's just, I just don't know how that's possible because you, you got to, you play it out. I mean, like you're undefeated. Like he, he probably thought, even though he might have been distracted here and there, he could still figure, like they could still go and, and win some games and win it all, even with, like, he could multitask, you know? And heck, maybe he thought, hey, maybe, maybe that, maybe if we do win it all, maybe, maybe I'll stay. So I don't know. Like, that's, again, but really, to get yeah, I guess, I guess to I'm me, guessing. it just, to me, it just feels like, because now that we have the full context, hey, remember, remember when I said on the last podcast that it's, it's been, it's, this season has sucked because it's not fun to go go back and rewatch the games. And I have to say we're gonna have to wait to see how the season ends to see how it's gonna. This yeah. is one of the situations yeah. where as soon as it as as it broke that he was leaving, like I said, it all snapped into focus of what was going on. Like that was yeah. like, and I'm sorry, like, and I and I'm, I'm about to make a blanket statement. That was clearly the problem this season. Lincoln Riley was his heart wasn't in it. That was the problem this year. Yeah, it's it's an opinion. It's. It's it's impossible to prove, but a lot of people would are nodding in their heads and saying, "Yeah," and I I would probably tend to side with you because uh, what else could it be, dude? Uh, Freaking, I mean, dude left, dude literally left less than twenty four hours after they lost Bedlam, after they lost their chance to go to the playoff, dude. Like he he was he was out of here, man. It's it was exactly like it was a guy who is dating a girl who he's not into anymore, but he's too scared to break up with her. That's what that was. Eh, it might be a decent analogy. Did I tell you that I I bumped into Lincoln Riley on the field during pregame? Did I tell you about that? No. <laughs> I'm making this out to be bigger than it really was. It was I got there probably around the game kicked at six thirty. I was there about around four. And I went down. I'd never been to a game at Boone Pickens, my first time. So I'm I'm the idiot who's kind of trying to figure out where everything is trying to figure out where the photog workroom is. And so I find out it's across the entire field on the other side of the field. And so I'm walking uh, along the sidelines to get to this one of the tunnels. And I look up as I'm walking. I'm at about the 50-yard line. And I see a guy in a suit by himself kind of looking around up at the Boone Pickens Stadium, crowd, like stands empty, you know, it's two and a half hours. It's Lincoln Riley. He's doing his whole pregame, kind of just walking around like by himself, taking it in. And, you know, I kind of got – I was going to pass by him and I kind of walked by and I passed by and he looked at, you know, looked at each other. I said, I gave him a little head nod and said, coach. And his face was just so serious. And he kind of gave me a, he just gave me a head nod. Like, you know, didn't like, and my, at the time I thought, holy crap, man, he is locked in. Oklahoma might win this game. Oh, I mean, here we go. But little did I know what he probably was doing. It was like, all right, this is my last time at Boone Pickens stadium. Probably. Uh, I'm gonna go and take it all in here, kind of just thinking about his life, doing that whole thing, and then I was just some random guy that passed by and you know gave a head nod and went away. But he fooled me there too. He, I kind of thought, you know, I didn't know anything. And I thought, man, he's he's locked in. Oh, he's gonna win this football game. <laughs> hey, man, they're. Uh, I was wrong. Their offense looked pretty good in the first half. Mm-hmm. 
But hey, well, geez, Oklahoma State totally changed and adjusted everything, and Lincoln Riley couldn't? Weird. That's never happened at all in his tenure at OU. <laughs> all right, more on the pros list of Lincoln Riley leaving. Pros for Oklahoma. All right, I think it's possible that we saw Lincoln Riley's ceiling at Oklahoma. Double-digit win seasons, a lot of Big 12 titles, playoff appearances, but zero playoff wins, and obviously zero national titles. And I'll bring up the point you made about 10 minutes ago, and I'm going to say it in the frame of the reference of Teddy Lehman and Gabe Eichert, because they made the point on their podcast that you can make the argument that Riley's best team was in 2017. And each year from there, Oklahoma has slightly regressed. And uh, yeah, like, and again, like you brought up the 2020 season, the latter half of that. Okay, yes, I think that that team wanted it. They were playing with fire. Uh, so that's a data point in Lincoln Riley's favor. However, though, I think the 2021 season we just saw represents a much larger data point and a large step back from the way the team played in the final half of the 2020 season. So uh, it, I think pro number two, it's possible we saw Lincoln Riley's ceiling at Oklahoma. It wasn't going to get any better than that, and it's might as well just move on and go some other direction. And I think that's, that's, that's something we're going to be able to definitively answer when we watch his tenure at USC unfold. Um, because, you know, I mean, that's a... Hey, if, if Lincoln Riley is... If, if USC is getting what they think they're getting with Lincoln Riley, USC should win the Pac-12 every year and kill everybody. They should be Clemson out there. That's not going to happen. As long as Alex Grinch <laughs> and Benny Wiley are there. Or as long, and as long as they don't tackle and hit in practice, that's not going to happen. But that's... We can... We're going to have years to talk about that. Uh, funny you mention Benny Wiley because he's part of my next, my next bullet point. And again, this is pro number three of Riley leaving. And I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail here because I'll admit it's probably a little unfair because I don't know much about these guys as people. I just don't. But I am not sad to see Benny Wiley and I am not sad to see Director of Football Ops Clark Stroud leave the program. I never had any personal interactions with either one of those guys. Never had. Uh, I, I can say I know somebody who's had plenty of interactions with Clark Stroud and says Clark Stroud's a very good, good guy, and he, he gets along just fine. And maybe he is, okay? So and I'll just say that to be fair, fair and balanced. Uh, so, but I'm making a judgment based off of actions and also some opinions I've heard that have not been so great about both of those two guys. Uh, so... Again, I'm not going to go into too much detail. Maybe a lot of you guys listening kind of get where I'm coming from here. But I'll just say that Oklahoma today is likely a better football program without those two people within the program. So I think that's a pro that both of them are gone. Just their antics were not – I was not a fan of their antics. And, hey, I – Benny Wiley, you know, I, not the first time that we brought this up on the podcast – yeah, I mean, Austin, the Texas fans were cheering when, when OU hired him. Um, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's and, I and I, I'm going to say, they're, they've just, they got to figure something out. I, that, that's kind of why I hope this new regime that comes in, they figure something out. I, I, and, I, and maybe this is me just being too close to the program. OU is injured so much all of the time. They're always just so freaking injured. I don't know how much that has to do with strength and conditioning and whatnot, but... One thing I do know that strength and conditioning has a massive impact on is a team's toughness. In fact, I could probably argue that it's the it's it's the biggest factor. 
and here's the thing. Here, here's one thing that I want to make absolutely clear, and this is something I'm going to be clear-eyed going on for the rest of my life, the rest of my fandom, the rest of my, as long as I'm commenting on OU football. You cannot win a national championship unless you can punt or unless you can punch the other team directly in the mouth and take a punch. Only you, you can't do it otherwise. You got to be tough. You have to be mean, and you got to knock the crap out of people. And you have to do it on every single play, and your culture has to reflect that. And that starts with strength and conditioning. And I think we've all seen the product on the field since Benny Wiley has been here. I don't think any of us can say that that's OU football right now. Period. Yeah. And here's the thing, man. I love football, not necessarily at all, for that part of the game, the toughness and the hits and the violence I like, no that's definitely I not the most interesting part of the sport at all but but a lot of people love football because of that and i get that that's a big part of football i love football because of the schematics the x's and o's the chess game of you yes i get that good players usually beat bad players and stuff but i love the idea though that a good coach can out scheme another team because they can see something on film i love that and they put time in and they get the guys going i love that part of football that's, but at the same time, though, I'm not naive enough to, to not recognize that that's not the most important part of football, probably. The most important part of football is the toughness part and the physical aspect, because that's what football is. Football is, it's, it's hard-nosed. You tackle people. And when I played football in high school, whatever, like, I was one of those guys where, like, yeah, like, I, I just, I wanted to go cover guys. Like, I'll make a tackle if I, not, if I have to, but, like, I was like, whatever. I'm not, like, I'm not just going looking for violence. But... I wasn't shying away from stuff, you know. Like I like I realize that's part of the game. You got to make plays. You got to hit people. Um, it, it everybody on the roster has to have that mentality. That I got to be stronger than the next guy, and and also just play. I, I guess we're doing a toughness thing, but man, now I think more about it. Just I want smarter football players too that are that are in better position. And <coughs> oh, pardon me. Anyways, yeah, I actually I have more about this coming up, but I'm, that rant was kind of going off the rails for a second. Sure, I mean, I mean, do you want to go into now, like just the, I, just, I the lack of detail in the program and how they just well, that that that's actually my last point. So I'll save that. I do have one more, one more pro before that, and that is, and I'm not going to be as forceful on this one as I was about. Old Wiley and uh, Stroud, and I'll be honest, like their their social media presence bothered me. I, I didn't like how those guys seemed like they they were twenty two year old college kids, even though they're adult men. And I get that that's the thing, Instagram, Twitter, like that's a big part of recruiting, and like that's probably what the, I just sure I just those couple guys seemed a little extra for me, and it just didn't come off very well to me. That's that's my main gripe. Maybe a lot of you guys. Don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe a lot of you guys agree. But I, I don't want to be as forceful about this next one because I actually like this guy. And I think he means well. And he was always respectful. And he was always nice during any, any, any interaction I had with him. But I will say I am not sad to see Alex Grinch go. Uh, my thoughts on the Speed D scheme have been well documented on this podcast. I think there are, I, there are a lot of holes in that defense that opposing offensive coordinators can exploit. I also think that Grinch, to his credit, did a great job of reviving Oklahoma's defense in 2019 
and in 2020, and honestly, for the most part, in 2021. I mean, Oklahoma's defense showed sounds of downright do- showed signs of downright dominance at times under Alex Grinch, and with the exception of the Ohio State game in 2017, Mike Stoops' defense never showed any sort of signs of dominance. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm glad that you brought up because I I also personally like Alex Grinch. He is I've you know he's always interesting when he's talking. Um, I I don't get kind of the same weird you know untruthful vibes that I do from him that I do, you know, from Lincoln Riley. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, I share your sentiments, man. I think, I think speed D, I think his scheme is absurdly easy to attack and is really, really easy to, if you, if, if you move guys around, it's really easy to know what OU is running. And, um, okay. I think, I think to an extent that's okay. I think for where they were after Mike Soups left them, that's probably what they needed. They needed more of an emphasis on stuff like that. And hey, it worked, man. I mean, 2019, for the most part, they played good defense that season. I know the best offense of all time in the history of college football made it seem like that wasn't the case at the end. And I know Kansas State at times didn't seem like it. But really, for the most part, they played good defense that year. Um, And then the second half of last season, they played really good defense. Um, And at times this season when they were healthy, they played pretty good defense. Uh, I don't think it ever reached the heights that it did last season, this year. Um, you're talking about ceiling with... with I think I think we saw the ceiling of Alex Grinch's defense. Unless unless you have a bunch of first-round players on there, especially in the defensive backfield, where you can just play really sticky, absurd man coverage. Um, but, you know, the reality of the situation is, guys like that get drafted in the first round, and it's really hard to stash all those guys on one roster in college. It's just not going to happen. See, I'll piggyback off some of that. So thank you for helping me out there. I was having some technical problems. Um, yeah, I think he deserves, he deserves a lot of credit just for what he did to revive the defense after Stoops was fired. But here's the thing, man. That four-game stretch this season, K-State, Texas, TCU, and then at Kansas, was absolutely atrocious for Oklahoma's defense. And for a guy who stressed depth and rotating a lot of players, and simply playing a lot of guys, we found out about Speed D that you could take one cornerback, Woody Washington, one safety, Delarian Turner-Yell, and also to some extent one D lineman, Jalen Redmond, even though the defensive line was supposed to be super stacked and and depth-heavy, you could take those guys away from a defense, like when they were – playing the defense would be you know above average to at times dominant but you take away just those few players and the defense would look below average and at times like the worst defense in power five football that that should not happen that is that is ridiculous and so I hope that when I watch the next OU defense whoever they hire whoever comes out there I'm not constantly just shaking my head wondering what the heck they're trying to do in certain situations and even in year three that happened way too many times with Alex Grinch calling the plays uh also I hope whoever calls the defense next for Oklahoma is way more open to adjustments and game by game schematics based off of the opponent they're playing because Alex Grinch just ran his stuff no matter who they were playing Alex Grinch ran his stuff and it was very predictable good offenses moved the football and got easy yards against Oklahoma over the last three years with few exceptions. So going into the SEC with Speed D 
would have made me really nervous, <laughs> you know, especially if Lincoln Riley's offense was continuing to kind of slowly regress like it kind of had the last two years uh, since Jalen Hurts left. And so just that you, you talked about it. it it's very simple. Uh, they, they've ran the same stuff since 2019. You better believe that opposing teams have seen it. They know what they're doing. And they also yeah. really sucked at timing blitzes. That's, that was a big they just really sucked at it. Like I, like they really bad at it. Kenneth Murray seemed like he was pretty good at it when he was here that one year. And maybe, yeah, maybe that's just maybe Kenneth Murray's just good, just really good. Well, he of course he was, he really good. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything else on Grinch? Because I was gonna that, say, yeah, you talk about just like adjustments, and I mean that was that was one of my big things too. And like, and if hey, if they if they go with Venables, I don't, that's not gonna be a problem, man. That's not gonna be a problem. I'm still, I, and like I understand that they lost this game to LSU in the national title. But man, Venables came out in a two-two-seven in that game, with seven defensive backs. Like I, I mean, and they lost, and it didn't work. But it kind of worked for the first half. Yeah, I thought I, I loved yeah. it. I remember seeing that thing, and I was like, "Gosh, man!" I, I remember when I saw that, I was just like, "I'm still so upset that he's that he's not Norman." That was awesome. I loved when that happened. All right, finally, final pro of Riley leaving for Oklahoma. And it's what we've referenced multiple times so far, culture. Now, I got, I got a close friend who follows Oklahoma closely, went to OU. And this season, he straight up told me that he didn't like this Sooners football team. He just didn't like them. He said they're very unlikable. And I kind of got where he was coming from. Like, I understood what he was saying. Like, this team, this program, the culture of the program, they have an unearned sense of entitlement. And that needs to drastically change with the next coach. And... This is my go-to of, of the last month and a half, but I think it's important, man. Like, all of this, the entitlement, just the unlikableness of this team, if that's even a word, unlikableness, I'm, that might not even be a word. All of this came to a head on October 23rd in Lawrence, Kansas, when Oklahoma thought it could just show up at Kansas and have no problem beating the Jayhawks. You know, after all, going into that game, three other Big 12 teams had already beaten Kansas by an average score of 48-10. to 10 earlier in the season so of course of course unbeaten Oklahoma would be able to just walk in there and beat the doors off of Kansas but what happened that day what happened Kansas legitimately almost beat Oklahoma the Sooners were a Caleb Williams stealing the football away from his teammate and picking up a first down play away from sending that horrible defense out on the field and try to get a stop to prevent a KU winning touchdown <laughs> that and being in that stadium on that day, the vibe on that field felt like Oklahoma wasn't going to stop anybody, even Kansas, in that situation. And this wasn't a one-off. In 2018, you all remember, OU gave up 40 to Kansas in Norman. In 2019, Oklahoma came out flat again in Lawrence, punted on its first possession. KU scored first in that game, was up 7-0. It's a bad football team. Oklahoma, you know, they figured it out. They righted the ship and won the game by 25 uh, and, then, and then this year's game happened at Kansas. It was embarrassing. And I harped on it at the time, and I still harp on it today. And honestly, Grant, that's going to be my most memorable and one of the most telling moments from Lincoln Riley's final weeks in Norman. Three days, three days after that Kansas game, Lincoln Riley had the temerity to stand up at the podium at the press conference, talking to the media, talking to the fans out there, saying that after he watched back the tape of that Kansas game, 
taking all the emotions away. You know, he, he didn't, you know, the game ended. He didn't, he didn't want to think emotionally about it. He wanted to take some time, sit down, clear head, watch it back, taking all that out. And he thought he saw a team that was close, an Oklahoma team that was close in that Kansas game. And I think at the time when Riley said that, I think I said something like, close to what? Like playing their first ever football game? A, a team that's, that's never, that, that's close to finally getting out there and, and give it the old college try in their first time on the field? That team wasn't close. They just weren't prepared. They weren't ready. They thought they could show up and win easily, and they almost lost to Kansas. We make fun of Texas all the time for losing to Kansas now twice. That would have been worse. That's a head coach problem. And that really bothered me. And, yeah, so get out of here, man. Like, it's bull crap. Oklahoma State had no problem showing up and beating the crap out of Kansas. Baylor didn't either. Kansas kind of got, you know, kind of got back to it when they beat Texas. <laughs> and they, they played TCU close. Uh, and they played, I think, West Virginia close or something like that, whoever they played at the end of the year. But at that time, Kansas was terrible. And people in the Big 12 were beating the crap out of them. And you almost lost to Kansas. That that really bothered me and it, it wasn't the first time they took Kansas lightly and so it's a culture thing it starts at the top so yeah that that's my lasting one of my lasting memories of Lincoln Riley good telling on you. us telling us that they were close after watching that tape when I watched that tape back too they were not close good on you 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 harped on that and I I wanted to move on but um yeah hey in the context of what is what has happened Oh, yeah, that game's gonna stick out in my mind now too, because um, that's what it is. Because I mean, it, you know, at the time it was easy for me to to move on because you know, I mean, they they showed up the week after that and just and beat the hell out of Texas Tech, um, and then you know, hey, and then and like let's let's be real, and then it's I I in all likelihood during that bye week he accepted a job offer at USC. I, I mean, I think that's I don't I don't know that that's a fat that that's factual, but. Come on, I, that's probably what happened. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, he he got he finally had a little bit of a fire lit under him after his team played that crap against Kansas, and they came out and they they actually played well. They played their best game of the year against Texas Tech. And man, if that's true, because their bye week was after that, right? If that's like, if maybe he was going out there and he wanted to make sure he looked really good because he knew he'd be going to L.A. that next week to sign a contract or something, or like have a have a verbal agreement, man. And he wanted to make sure he looked good before he went out there and, and shook a hand. Or I mean, this is all speculation. This I'm sorry. Is all can I, I know? Can super, I? Can I go back? Can, I, can we rip on him a little bit more too? I, I just want to go back to this. Um, seriously, I he's and he's he's had the same canned answer for everyone he's talked to now about how it all came together literally on Saturday night and Sunday morning. And like I, I, I pretty much everyone has panned that. We're just like, I mean, that's clearly a bold faced lie. Um, how like. Who do you think you are? People really, you really think that people believe that, or is that something that he just uh, has to say for no. lawyerly reasons? Exactly. I, he he knows people don't believe it. I, it's just it's got to be a legal thing. There's got to be some sort of, you know, contractually like he's not he can't. I mean, and to be clear, when he says that's the first time he's talked to to another college, like I believe him because. His representation has been the ones talking to other colleges. I bet, yes. I bet, I bet that Zoom was the first time that he talked to Mike Bone. I bet the yeah. other, I bet, I bet he's had plenty of conversations with Mike Bone's representation, personally. 
Well, no, I, Lincoln Riley's had plenty of conversations with his own representation, his own agent, and them telling Lincoln Riley what the other people are saying, to, and that's that's what it is. Like I I know how that goes. I mean, it's a much lower level. I have a I have an agent. Like if there's ever any sort of thing with like jobs and stuff, which there hasn't been since I've been in Oklahoma City, <laughs> like, uh, but like b- b- before when I was trying to find jobs, like that was a thing. Like, hey, like here's what they're saying. So, and that's a much lower level. I can't imagine what it's like at Lincoln Riley's level with sports. I mean, everyone's talking to everybody. He just has to hang out, do nothing, and then on a Sunday afternoon when he's hanging out at home with his family, his agent can just call him up and be like, hey, here's here's the update. Here's what I know. Hey, Lincoln, this is what USC's saying. This is what ex college team is saying. This is what that this is what NFL team is saying. That's all it is. Riley's not directly talking to anybody, just his agent. So he has plausible deniability. So I definitely believe him when he says that's the first time he's actually talked to another college, because it probably is. But that's just kind of the way the game is played. And I think we all know that. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's not believable. And I'd like to think he knows that. It's just that yeah, there's gotta be some sort of legal legal reason and why hey, I know, he like, sticks and, to the same and, story. You know, Brian Kelly said the same thing too recently. And it's all it's just like I guess there's just a part of me that thinks it's gross because it's all fake. Why is everyone just why is everyone lying? Why? Yeah, lawyers. We lawyers all know what's going man. on. Just be truthful. Like that's that's the part that's like now that's one of those things where it's like when you're as you get further into adulthood and you realize that everyone is just a giant kid who is just scared <laughs> to death of telling the truth. Like it's just I like I'm like that's that stuff is just whatever and maybe that's just the real world and i'm just i'm just fighting against the real world but that stuff that's just stuff just makes my stomach queasy just tell the truth tell the truth really and let the chips fall where they may i think it's i think it's the lawyer's fault man i think everything is so legal now it's just everyone it's wants like, to make sure they're not like, i get it get whatever or, and and that's that's why i say it's like if you don't want to be at oklahoma okay fine whatever leave We'll be sad for a few days and we'll get over it when they hire someone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like, I, I'm sorry. Done, like I it's you you it was it would have been much more respectful to the players that you recruited saying, Hey guys, I'm not just into this anymore. I'm gonna hand it off to Alex or I'm gonna hand it off to Kale and they're gonna finish this, this thing off this year. That would have been way nicer to those players. So that's one of those things where, again, I just don't know how realistic that is, considering yeah, they were and maybe, undefeated. Yeah, maybe that's you're right. It's it's not. I I don't. I I doubt that would ever happen. I guess I'm just questioning a culture <laughs> as to why can't it? Why? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And it's one of those things where let's say that that would have happened if he would have thought that. Like it's one of those things where at the time, people would have been like, "What?" Like he would have gotten so much flack. But like as time went on. And people kind of sat back and realized, oh, like actually him doing that is more, you know, like is actually in the best interest of Oklahoma and really everybody involved. Then people would have realized, oh, like actually, okay, this is not, this is, this is not as bad as it could have been. Whereas the way it's set up now, I mean, that's about as bad as it can be. You know, you, you go through the whole season. Were you checked out a lot of the time? Were you not? It certainly kind of seems like it the way the, the team played. And less than 24 hours after your team loses to its rival for the first time and, what six or seven years you're on a plane or well, you, you agree and then what 36 hours later roughly or maybe whatever you're on a plane to LA you know that's and it's just you would never 
we 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 didn't even see it coming, man. <laughs> it's a, the Dumb and Dumber line. <laughs> uh, I got I got ripped off by a little lady in a motorized sc- cart. <laughs> yeah, and you know, hey, maybe yeah, maybe it. I'm just I just I'm. Yeah, like I just I'm you know I I think. I don't think it's I don't think it's it's healthy mentally to ever wish like ill will upon anybody or whatever. But I I really want him to fail at USC. <laughs> I was gonna. Like, that's really, my last, that's really the last part. Really that's the want last him part to of the fail. Podcast. Like, do we just totally root against Lincoln Riley and he's a, a, a huge bad guy forever? Or no, honestly, I think it may even be better if he's there and he just wins it. He just wins a ton of Pac-12 titles, and then every single time he steps on the field in the playoff against an SEC team, just gets smoked. I think that would actually be a, that that would be sweeter actually. And and he just yeah. and he just never gets it. He just he never understands why it happens. Yeah. That yeah, that's you put it that way. That would be that that I'm would be what? much sweeter. I I've, I've changed my mind. I want I want I want him to dominate the Pac-12 but have relatively no national success. Which essentially would be his 5 years at Oklahoma. And yeah, that's we we had such high hopes. The question, man, like, well, more time will have to go by. I wonder if there's a scenario where we like, like, Lincoln Riley can come around and we actually like Lincoln Riley again. I wonder if that's ever going to be possible. At this time, I would say no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever. Like, I guess this is probably what people felt like whenever Kevin Durant left. Like, I'm not, a, like, I was not following the NBA. I was not working here when that happened. I know that's a huge thing. Kevin Durant left. Thunder fans were heartbroken. People still hate him for it. Uh, you know, for me, whatever, like I wasn't, that wasn't a big thing for me. This is de- like the equivalent of that, I suppose. Uh, but I'm just not wired that way to like where I'm going to be like, it's going to affect my life, you know, every single day. Like some people might have with Durant. <laughs> uh, and I think it probably also helps that Oklahoma is Oklahoma. And it's set up to be a team and a program that can be successful. It's done it for years. And I guess the Thunder wasn't really that. I mean, when he left, the Thunder didn't have like this long track record of being a successful franchise. So that's probably another reason why this, this maybe doesn't sting as much as it, it, it would have if, let's say, this was some iconic type coach that was coming up and then bolted. And it's like, oh, man, now he just left us here. Because we, we just know Oklahoma's got a great shot to be just fine. And I think they will. And I'm just really excited to figure out who the heck the new coach is going to be. I have my thoughts. I kind of, I kind of think who I kind of think I know who it's going to be. I do too. But uh, I, I, I think I that, know who it's going to be. But but the thing is, the fact that we didn't find out on, on Wednesday, I kind of felt I kind of I heard little, some rumors here and there that Wednesday was a target date, and it didn't happen. At least it's now after ten o'clock, and it hasn't happened. So does that mean it's going to happen on Thursday, Friday? I don't know. So now I'm kind of like wondering when will it happen? Because I, I really thought Wednesday was going to be the day. They need to move but, quick. But uh, here we are. They they need to move quick. I mean, there's no uh, there's no reason not to. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I think they're gonna, you know, some of the names that have been floated out. I I, I think you know, I think they're going to be okay. I I do think that. But hey, I I I I said this, you know, um, before we got on the podcast, and you mentioned it too. The I, I think the part where a lot of OU fans right now are kind of skittish. It's it's just the unknown. And really, the unknown, that's the scariest part about life in every facet, is just the unknown. And, you know, OU football fans, especially over the last 20-some-odd years, have gotten really comfortable, have been, you know, been pretty spoiled with how, I'm not going to say, like, Alabama fans have been spoiled, but I'm just saying, like, spoiled in the sense of how stable the program has been. 
you know going into every single season you're not about to have like a two and ten dumpster fire. Um, and so I, I I did say, you know, coming on here, it is possible. It really is possible. It's not likely historically, not likely, but it is possible that OU makes a really bad hire and it sets them back and they suck for a while. Like that's not a, like I said, it's not based on history and what OU's track record is. The most likely scenario is that they make a good hire and they, they continue on being Oklahoma. But there is a very real possibility that they totally swing and miss and the, and the program sucks for a handful of years. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, it's happened. It's happened before in the program's history. We know that. Uh, but man, right now, it's just they're set up in such a different spot. It would, it would seem. It would seem. Um, if, this, if at any time in the program's history something like this was going to happen, I guess this might be the best time fact that bob stoops is still around he's still i mean he's still super young and uh, i mean yeah and the, hey, uh, I, and, and, I, and, and, and the potential candidates seem like they're pretty strong but but one thing though you know that does that leaves me salty again with lincoln riley is that i thought you know you know bob stoops the end of his tenure of course like you know he he had definitely lost some fire and i think the talent level on the teams had had taken a bit of a hit for sure but the program that he left Lincoln Riley was really healthy and really stable, had a good culture. Um, I, you know, I don't, I, I, I think, I think Lincoln Riley's leaving the program in worse shape than when he got it. I, I, um, and I'm not, I'm not the only one with that opinion, but I, I do think that's true. I, I think, I think the culture is off a little bit. I think obviously the physicality culture is off. Um, and and hey, I mean, just the guy, the, him, just kind of packing up and leaving in the middle, like at the in the you know the dark of the morning, without really telling anybody, for the most part. Um, that's much different than Bob Stoops deciding, yeah, it's time for me to be done. It's it's best for the program to hand it off to this guy. That seems a little more healthy to me. All right, one final thing to uh, make you guys smile, make you smile, Grant, as I'm cruising Twitter really quickly here at night. I saw I just saw a Joel Klatt tweet. He's retweeting a uh, a kid, a four-star safety from Bishop Gorman. And uh, the four-star safety, his name is Zion Branch, and it's a picture of Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch in his living room. And they're all posing. They got their, their peace signs up, whatever you call it, the fight on sign. And uh, that's, that's a picture, but Joel Klatt is retweeting that picture. With the comment, guys, guys, if the kid has his shoes off in the house, then take your shoes off in the house. The player has his shoes off, but Lincoln and Grinch both have their shoes on. What a faux pas. Guys, hey, look don't get the, it, man. Look, look at the picture. Can you tell me? Is Lincoln wearing the OU Jordans? Nope. He's got uh, some bright white tennis shoes. I can't even tell what brand they are. Okay, he was wearing and, uh, the Grinch, OU Jordans. Grinch is wearing. He was wearing the OU Jordans in the first like videos and pictures of him walking around USC's facilities and campus. Gotcha. Uh, well, now I know. I mean, if I'm ever uh, if I'm ever a coach and I'm on a recruiting visit and I see the people wear, with their shoes off, I'm making sure to take my shoes off. I never would have thought about that. Thanks, Joel Klatt. Do we also? Um, I I, guess I don't know if you have any more. I mean, do we comment on the Roy Manning stuff? Well, we're going on two hours here. Might as well. Uh, that I haven't seen really any updates today on Wednesday, but following that on Twitter on Tuesday, 
So I'll try to break it down as, as simply as I possibly can. There was, I believe, a story. I can't remember if it was Rivals or 24-7 Sports. It was 24-7. Thank you. 24-7 Sports had a, a story about, I believe, a five-star defensive back who's down to USC and I want to say Alabama. And he's quoted in the story a couple of times referencing the fact that he's talked to Roy Manning and Roy Manning, and he said, yeah, Coach Manning talked to me like, uh, it says like Coach Manning who was at Oklahoma. And like you look at the quotes and I don't have it in front of me. I apologize for that. But there's no way other to read it if you read the story as Roy Manning, it looks like he's talking to this kid on behalf of USC. And we know that Roy Manning is, was not part of the, the coaches that Lincoln brought over and announced at his press conference. Those are uh, uh, Dennis Simmons. Um, it's Grinch. just Dennis Simmons and, uh, and Grinch. That was it. Grinch. Okay, and then like Clark Stroud and Benny Wiley. So, I mean, the rest of Oklahoma's assistant, assistant coaches are kind of, I mean, I guess they're, I don't know if they have a standing offer to go to USC. I, I don't know like why, but like the fact that Roy Manning wasn't there made me think, okay, well, maybe Roy Manning is not invited and he's just with Oklahoma, which then leads you to on, I believe, Monday night and Tuesday night, some recruits that Oklahoma has gotten commits from tweeted out saying thank you to Bob Stoops, thank you to Kale Gundy, and thank you to Roy Manning for being here on my recruiting trip. <laughs> and one of the guys, uh, Spears Jennings out of Tulsa, I think, he's like a three-star receiver or athlete or something. Yeah, he's a um, safety probably. But yeah. Say, yeah. Uh, so, and I saw Eric Bailey had a story about that talk, talking to his family today. So credit to Eric Bailey for the story saying that, yeah, Roy Manning was in their house and was with on behalf of Oklahoma. And in the story, it said that the, the mom of that recruit straight up asked Roy Manning, are you staying at Oklahoma? And the mom said something like he, he didn't straight up say yes or no. He just said, Hey, it would, and again, not in front of me, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of like, oh, you know, it, we got a great thing going at Oklahoma. It sure take a lot to a lot to, to not be there or something like basically a, a way to not answer the question. And then you see the story that he's I mean, unless the kid was misquoted in that 247 sports story, it's like he's recruiting for both sides. And as far as we know, he's still technically a coach at Oklahoma. And I haven't heard any follow ups from that today. I don't know if anybody's done any digging on it. The OU compliance Twitter account tweeted out seemingly looking like like they noticed it in response to it, like little eyeball emojis, like what's going on. So I've never heard of something like this before ever. It, this is this is super weird, man. And we're going to find out more about this, I'm sure, at some other time. But right now it looks like one, either like Roy Manning is not necessarily invited to USC, but he's trying to like get in Lincoln's good graces and hoping that he gets a recruit or something that maybe he gets an offer with USC, but also he's playing both sides and he's trying to help Oklahoma too, just in case or, or, or Lincoln told him to do this or I like any sort of explanation is not good for anybody involved. Like I, I just try to help me make sense of this. Like, is there any explanation that make that is like, Oh, that makes sense for one Roy Manning and two potentially Lincoln Riley. I, I don't know. no, I, I can't I can't make <laughs> I just, sense of it. He's Roy Manning is still employed by the University of Oklahoma. That's why he's out on recruiting visits with Bob Stoops and Kale Gundy. I, I as far as I know, you can't recruit for another school if you're not employed by them. And so I, yeah. 
you know, I, I have no idea what to make of that. Like, I don't. You, I, like, and honestly, man, here, here's like, it's, I hate, I hate, like, I just, it's weird for me to do, but I mean, we've, we've gone in on the guy, whatever, but like, I don't think it's absurdly unreasonable to assume bad faith there. I because I I can't I, I can't think of any other thing because if if Lincoln Riley wants Roy Manning recruiting for him at USC why didn't he go with him? I don't know. And so you like I and you're yeah you bring up there like yeah Roy Manning what just like trying to get in Lincoln Riley's good graces that's a little too bizarre for me to believe that's not a thing that's not a thing. And so I know people have been floating like you know people use like the term like double agent and stuff like that and. When I saw that yesterday, I was just like, ah, okay, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Um, but the more I think about it, I'm just like, what? I also, I don't, like, I don't, I, still, I guess I don't really know what Roy Manning could do. Like, is he, like, can he injure Oklahoma while he's there? I Like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. Like, I'm, it's so weird. Yeah. I brought up Eric Bailey's story from the Tulsa world. And so he first I'll reference the 247 sports story. And so the recruit is USC recruit Damani Jackson. And he was quoted in the story saying that he was called by Lincoln Riley and that quote, I've heard from Coach Grinch too, and also Roy Manning, who was the DB coach at Oklahoma. I've been texting back and forth with Coach Manning and looking forward to meeting those guys in person, end quote. And this is from Eric Bailey's story. The recruit Jackson said that Manning let him know about his coaching record at Oklahoma and to, quote, give them a chance and said they are about to do something special, end quote, which I read that as the implication is give USC a chance. They're about to do something special. (laughs) Uh, And so uh, and by the way, I mentioned the OU recruit um, Spears Jennings, his mom asked Roy Manning point blank here are you going are you leaving whatever and so this was his mom's quote Roy Manning to this recruit this OU recruits mom said quote he said that or the mom said that Roy Manning said sorry this is really confusing the recruits mom told Eric Bailey this is what Roy Manning told her OU was a special place and it would take a lot for someone to want to leave this place because it's so special end quote so that's what Roy Manning told the uh, Robert Spears Jennings' mom, according to the mom. <laughs> I want to make sure I get all of this. So like, that's obviously not Roy Manning saying, oh, no, of course I'm staying at Oklahoma, or I'm definitely leaving for USC. That's a perfect way for him to, to not answer the question. Of course, we don't know. We have not heard from Roy Manning. We haven't heard his side of the story. We've heard the side of the story from a USC recruit, and we've heard the side of the story from the the kid and the mom that Roy Manning was recruiting for OU. So what's Roy Manning's side of the story? We do not know. It will be interesting to see if we find out his side of the story. And to that, I yes. just, I, I'll say one more time, Lincoln Riley, just go away, man. Go away. Like I, I this is, I'm so, like Oklahoma made you, man. And you, and you, you took another opportunity. You're going somewhere else. Go away. Boy, I mean, Remember our big season preview, man? How excited everything was, and we were. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, yeah, that's that's part of the reason why I'm so like, I was really ups- really excited for this season, really excited, and I, I we had we had legitimate reason to be, we did, 
And so, yeah, Lincoln Riley can can sit on it, man. Just get the hell out of here. Like I, I don't. And it's like it, it totally like it. It makes me freaking sick watching like guys like Colin Cowherd freaking just giddy is so excited that Lincoln Riley is in L.A. Like Joel Klatt has like this long sit down interview with him where he's just so excited to be talking to him. Like these these media guys are just so excited that this cool young progressive head coach is, is back in L.A. is going to revive this USC program. Man, I hope that freak just crashes and burns. Get out of here. Just get out of here. Uh, I think that's a great way to end this incredibly long podcast. By the way, we're not making picks because we're not thinking about it, and this is all Lincoln Riley OU stuff. By the way, you went 3-2 and two last week on your picks, Grant. I was also 3-2. and two. Another winning week for both you know, of hey, us. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to bring this up again. Screw you, Lincoln Riley, for this season and then giving one of our, our, our rivals, Oklahoma State, a rival that we've dominated, giving them a really legitimate shot to win a playoff game before OU. Screw you. Screw you. Well, I will say I don't see Oklahoma State's not going to get higher than four. I don't unless Cincinnati. I, yes, loses. I, I I do think that they will. I I think that they will jump over Cincinnati. No, because they're not going to want. Because if they played Michigan, that would set up uh, a, like. Wouldn't the playoff committee rather have like a potential Michigan uh, Georgia final? Because like Cincinnati, I mean. Georgia would beat the doors off of Cincinnati. Uh, Georgia's going to kill probably whoever the doors they play. Off of. Georgia's going to kill whoever. Yeah, like they're not. Oklahoma State will will not score against Georgia. So I, that's why I think that they would rather they're going to. And plus, like Cincinnati, if they're undefeated, they've always, they've been ahead of Oklahoma State this entire time. I mean, we're they're talking about. Well, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State, Michigan, and then Georgia, Cincinnati is much more interesting first round games than than the other. I believe. Michigan, nobody wants to watch Michigan versus Cincinnati. Ugh. It's two teams up in the same region. I mean, Ohio State, Michigan's a thing. You got Michigan versus Cincinnati, another Ohio school. Like, I think, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a thing. I mean, that's the, man, if, that, if that's what it is, if it's Georgia versus Oklahoma State, Michigan versus Cincinnati, ESPN is going to be crying. Like, with, like, for being sad. I mean, will easily be the least watched college football playoff. Which um, one? Cincinnati, Michigan? What? I'm just saying in Which, general. What would be, no one's going to watch Georgia, be, Oklahoma State. <laughs> oh, in general, yeah. And no one's going to watch Cincinnati and Michigan. Cincinnati and Michigan is like a is like a is like a like an AutoZone Liberty Bowl matchup. <laughs> uh yeah, if 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 a chalk happens, I don't think Oklahoma State's going to jump up to 3. I think they're going to be I think they'd be 4. I think they'd play Georgia. I think Cincinnati unless Cincinnati loses. Like I, I think, think it's, it's a Michigan, like Cincinnati. My my thing is like I th- I think it's a nice little thing that Michigan is is gonna likely bust in this year. Like that's like that's that's a different sort of flavor I can I can get around. And it would be it would be nice if it's just one of Cincinnati or Oklahoma State. Like that's I I don't. Whereas when you get Cincinnati and Oklahoma State, that, there's two Cinderellas in there now. And I I, I just I just think it's it's way more interesting if you have one breakthrough per season but hey i guess you know this is this is the first time any kind of random like sort of obscure teams have broken through i mean like it's you would have uh, nobody would have believed you at the beginning of the season if you would have said yeah michigan cincinnati and oklahoma state are going to be in the playoff no one would have believed that and everyone would have thought to themselves gosh what a crazy season and really (laughs) it's actually i mean there was the first month of the season was crazy 
October was absurdly boring. And then, and then kind of the last couple weeks of the season have been sort of weird and kind of fun, but that's about, that's about it. Uh, okay. Well, man, uh, we're gonna have to do a podcast when they name head coach. That could be tomorrow. That could be Friday. Saturday. I don't know what it's gonna be, but when that happens, we'll effort our you know to do another one. There was a <laughs> um, there was a there was a post a thread started on Sooner Scoop that I I'm pretty sure it made it made it to that message board geniuses Twitter handle, and I, I'm 99 percent sure that it was just a bit and it was funny, but the thread title was, <laughs> Are we sure we even need a head coach? And then, and then the body, the body of it was, <laughs> we just went ten and two in a season where we didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, that, that gave me a pretty tweet, good. Chuckle. I saw somebody tweet that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, all right, let's let's get out of here. Uh, again, we'll be back when they name a coach. That's we think it's going to be soon. I don't know. Hopefully, this was uh, helpful cathartic for some of you guys and for those who wanted a bedlam recap again <laughs> sorry because nah but like i don't why would you want that i i didn't want a bedlam recap i listened to podcasts after the game i didn't care to hear about what they thought about the game i wanted to hear about lincoln riley <laughs> i want to hear people talk about that i will i will say i was really upset with the non-pi call at uh, on the yeah. final drive that was that was that was about as blatant as pi can possibly get all right All right, we'll be back next time to talk about Oklahoma's next head coach, whoever that's going to be. Until then, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.